everybody. Welcome back to the Punk Tide Podcast with your buddies Tom and Neil. How you doing, Neil? I'm doing fine, Tom. How are you on this happy Monday? It, I'm good. It seems like we, we, we're, we're doing this in fits and starts lately. Like, we'll do a bunch of them, like in a, and, and it seems like it's been a couple weeks since we talked. Well, you know why that is? It's because you missed a Johnny Millionaire of being fucking on vacation or doing all kinds of oh, fun yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, dude. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm rolling in it. Yeah, yeah. Rolling in something. It. Yeah. But of course, you can reach us at punk till I die 77 at Gmail or on the Facebook group if you want to show us pictures of your shiny records. Indeed. So anyway, Neil, we have a returning guest, which is always fun, right? We do, yeah. Um, we and, we, we and, actually uh, haven't done a lot of these, I don't me... think, right? I mean, I don't know. Well, we're getting to the point where we're definitely doubling back on a lot. So it's I think this is going to be a more common occurrence. But it's funny because we both met him real briefly since we had him on last time. But let me let me see if I can build up, build up the hype a little bit here, Neil. Go for it, yeah. He runs a label that puts out a shitload of records. He has a band that puts out a shitload of records. And I believe he's even got into a different business interest, which we might have to ask him about later. Um, but uh, we got Josh Goldman from uh, Red. Tom, are you there still? Hello. Oh, this is <laughs> this is going great. Had you on last time. Oh. What's uh, that happened? We lose you, sound or something? Yeah, I cut out completely. Did you push record, Neil? I I did, but the record's got nothing to do with the Skype. Oh, is the Skype shitting out again already? I don't know, Josh. You're not supposed to be cursing, Neil. I've already cursed like three times. Josh, could you hear that? Or I mean, did it cut out for you? No, I could hear. I, I could hear everything. I think. So I didn't hear anything neither, Neil. I think it might be your old ears. No, it was no. It cut out. Like I missed everything you just said. My phone keep my fucking camera keeps trying to switch on. Maybe that's something to do with it. And I don't know how to turn the goddamn thing off. Huh? So smooth. So we are so professional. It's like definitive. I figured out. I, I found the little camera button. I clicked it. And now it's got a line through it. I'm good. See, mine has a you're line through yep, it too. You're again. Yeah, you. I saw like. Hello. So you just cut out again on me. I was getting. I was getting oh, yeah. a beautiful view of your keyboard there, Josh. So you think, yeah, I saw that. Was, was that your keyboard, Josh, or was it mine? I don't. I, well, it's odd because the camera isn't pointing at the keyboard, so I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but do you have an Apple? <laughs> I'm not sure. Do you have a Mac? Do you have a Mac keyboard? I, I do. Yeah. Okay, it was you then. Okay, good. See, maybe my camera isn't trying to switch on. Oh well. Boy, we're <laughs> off to a rocking start. <laughs> you know what's, it's, it's well, fantastic. what I was going to say originally was when we had Josh on last time, we spent most of the time talking about the label. And uh, it's like, hey, next thing you come on, you know, we'll kind of focus on the Raging Nathans more, also a very busy band. And the funny thing is Josh sent us all his songs, and it's like all other bands on his label. What's up with that, Josh? Well, he sent us two of his. He sent us two of his. Oh, did he? Okay, I didn't see that. Okay, I, didn't see that. I did send two Nathan's records, and I, you know, I, I sent a slow death song that I that I play on. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like I, last time we talked for two hours, we had, I, and I really liked it. We had we had a wonderful conversation, yep. and I just kind of feel like if I have to talk about myself for or you know whatever for that long, we might as well just too much. Know, cover some ground. You know, nobody wants to hear about sure. the raging. Sure, I got you. Well, it's funny, but you guys put out so many records too. I mean, you put out two full lengths since last time we talked to you, and I don't, God knows how many seven inches. Well, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, when I because I saw Raging Nathan's just a couple weeks ago, I met Josh obviously and stuff, 
And um, of all the records you do have, the one Tom had asked me to buy at the show, the brand, the brand, the very one. one. It's like the only record you didn't you didn't have uh, was the one that we wanted, which was the new one, because you had like a hundred singles and like four at least four <laughs> albums there for sale, but you didn't have the oh, one that we wanted. So thanks, Josh. Well, no problem. I, I have them now. Oh, you do? Oh, do you? you just didn't yeah. Okay, I got you. No help, no help last week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's just, I mean, uh, I had I had that one at the at the plant for like months, dude. And I had a pre-order up for months. And, it, it, you know, things have been really, things are really difficult this year. Yeah. And so getting like, getting the Nathan's record out was just frustrating that's why what we had done was with this new record is that every you know the record plan was like okay this is going to take you know six nine months whatever and there's nothing you can do about it so i was like well fuck what do i do and i decided that to put out every song as a single so there's only 10 songs on the record yeah it's short it's like 23 minutes or something right it's real short Yes, and, I, and that was like also a conscious decision. It was like, man, fucking, you know, I think about some of the best records. You know, it's like group sex, right? Yeah. It's like seventeen minutes long. Back from Blood- Samoa, yeah, it's like fifteen minutes. Right. Yeah, I'm like, it's like less than fifteen minutes long, something like that. And it's just, it's just like we wanted to get it out there. We cover a lot of ground on that record too, so it's not like boring to listen to. Um, but I decided I was like, you know how to get the most traction out of this is I released each song as a single two weeks apart from each other. So I was like, all right, well that buys me 20 weeks of time, you know, sure. where it's like, I, I put up the pre-order, but at least like, they're not going to have the vinyl, but at least they're going to get new music every week. So like they'll get, or every two weeks they'll get the songs. And I, I we, we did another one of those free bonus seven inches that we threw in there so kind of sweeten the deal or I, tr- I tried to for people to make the weight not so painful um but i thought that was a good way of uh maximizing our our time and and actually it, it's kind of interesting i i think about this a lot because that guy from spotify right he's like he's a billionaire dickhead right he oh, the guy he owns it. okay i would say i don't know like he's faceless right like he's not like zuckerberg or something i don't know his name no i forget his name too but no bob, i watched it bob Miss, bob spotify bob spotify that's him yes yeah. <laughs> uh, bobify <laughs> he, he, he had like a ted talk or something that i watched and i'm thinking i'm sitting there and i'm thinking like this guy is is you know out of touch in terms of what band like his expectations for for bands he was talking about how you know the format has changed and that like you know bands can't really survive by putting out one record every two years because that's just not how it is anymore and you yeah. know there needs to be yeah, more of this yeah and so like on one hand it's like listening to him say that it's like well fuck you you be in a band and see you know yeah, what, what I mean? you know about it dude yeah exactly but on the other hand Right. You have to listen to what he's saying, because unfortunately he's right. And and he's right because he runs the show. So yeah. it's like, you know, he gets to make the rules. I kind of liken it to like when Lars Ulrich was like, you know, when everybody when, when he was making that big stink about Napster and and everybody was like, dude, shut up. Nobody wanted to hear it. Everyone was like, you're you know. Yeah, but he was right. Turns out fucking 25 years later, he was right, you know, about everything in terms of, of you know, online music. And it, and it. it 
becoming free, basically. Well, it, uh, well, well, let's let's talk about that that a second. He was right, and he wasn't. Um, because if the record labels had actually listened and paid attention, then they'd have started putting out digital music way earlier than they did, because they were way behind the eight ball on that. Well, well, we've talked about this, Neil. Record executives at the large level are idiots. Right. They only know how to follow. They have no vision. They don't. They don't have. They don't know anything. You know. They know what sells. I think. I think. Well, well they, they know what sells. To. Then they try to copy it, though. They don't have any artistic vision. You know what I mean? They're just. They're just morons in suits. It's like it's like TV or movies, you know, where where everything is a is a a reboot of something yep, else. Yep. You know, it's because it's safe, right? The studios are like, oh, this worked in 1960; it sold. Like, if we redo it, it you know, sure. it's automatically going to have that that value to it. And they're scared. I think people are scared to do new stuff. Um, and which dude, which brings me to like just like punk rock in general and just music in general. I'm like listening to music and it just is so fucking bad. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to figure out, you know, is it like one of those things where no, like I'm, I am old and I am not, you know, willing to give things a chance. Like, you know, the classic, like, you know, my parents hate my music shit. And you are, and you I, are past that sort of age, that threshold. Now that you're in your mid thirties, that is sort of the threshold for that. Right. I, I know it's like that. It's like that South Park episode where, with Stan, where everything he hears sounds like a fart, you know. And, <laughs> and it's like, but here's the thing: is I don't think that that's true because I am open to things. What I think is when I listen to my kids, like what she's listening to, or like radio, whatever. I what I've the conclusion that I've come to is that, and this is also equally parallel true in punk rock, is it's all been done. It's all been done before. And there's so like no one's reinventing the wheel. No one's really doing anything brand new. It's just all kind of like an amalgam of like different styles of music and shit now, like thrown together, like trying yeah. to be. New. It's like the first time I heard like country music with like a like a hip hop beat. You know, it's like, oh, like the hillbillies, you know, figured out black people music or something. You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> I, I when I heard, fuck, what's his name? Uh, hey, Tom. Guy. Hey, Tom. Tom. Yeah. He actually doesn't need us. We'll just let him talk for an hour and a half. <laughs> I got a lot to get off my chest here, well, man. But he's not, he's not wrong though. You know, it is no. true. It's like you hear a great punk band nowadays. What do you, generally it's not because they're striking the original. It's because they're good at putting good pieces together. You know what I mean? They take the best of, what's out there and, and kind of well. rearrange it a little bit, you know, that that's how I feel is like nowadays you have to just do it really, really well or else. I mean, you're just another one of, of a million bands, you know, putting out records or playing music. And, and well, even if you do do it really well, it doesn't mean you're going to make any money. You know, that's, you no, know, I, it doesn't matter if you are doing it well. Like Get, getting back to the Spotify thing a second. That's depressing. So, Sorry, so, I didn't mean to be depressing. So, do you make <laughs> do you make more money from uh, plays on Spotify or on Apple Music? Which one pays you better, or or do they both suck? Yeah, they're 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 both they're both pretty bad. But the thing about Apple Music is it's it's far less listened to than Spotify. Oh, it is. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll get like download money or like money from downloads or, you know, in streams too, but not nearly as much because Spotify is just more widely used than than any of the other platforms. 
See, it's funny because our podcast is much more popular on Apple Music than it is on Spotify, which is interesting. So I guess people don't really go is to Spotify for podcast. Yeah, like 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 th- three to one. Every time I listen to it, which is very rare, I listen to it on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Tom, Tom doesn't even listen to our show. Well, <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm, I'm here, Neil. What do I need to listen to it for? <laughs> dude, dude, as soon as we, as soon as I've pressed the Neil's stop recording button. Do production values. I, I've listened to it occasionally. The production's nice. No, you're doing a great job. No, as soon as as soon as as soon as I start hit the hit the stop recording button, I completely forgot what we talked about. Like people will yeah. come back like a week later and say, "Ha, oh, you guys said this." Well, and I'll be like, "Did we?" I have no memory of that. The, people on the group in the Facebook group do like to throw quotes at us that we clearly said, and I'm just like, "Yeah, it seems like something we would say." <laughs> Yeah, but, but did we I'll really say Listen, that? Yeah, we already went. We're already quite a few minutes in. Josh, play us a good new punk song. Let's put our, time to put our money where our mouths are. Where, what are we playing here? As an example of a good new punk song, that's not just you know an wow. average dull band. Pressure's oh, pressure. on. Pressure's on. Uh, out of the ones that I sent you guys, yes, sure. So, oh fuck, man. Um, all right, play, well, yeah. See, he wants to play his own band, but he's going to feel like a jerk. So he's going to, like, <laughs> no, I, one of the <laughs> no, I was looking at the seven songs, and I'm like, I'm absolutely going to play my band. Do it. Um, <laughs> all right, so this is, um, you know, we'll play a brand new song. So this is a song called They'll Never Find Us Here. And it's, no one's ever heard this before. Nice. Um, they, it, It's one of the songs on the bonus seven inch. Okay. Um, that comes with still spitting blood. Um, and it's got like, uh, it's got a really killer, uh, like breakdown in it, which I, which I think is the best part of the song. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I dig this one and like people don't need like the, the, the seven inch doesn't even have like, it doesn't have a cover. The name of the songs aren't on it. This is strictly for people who, you know, bought the LP and are actually going to listen to this. It's kind of like a mysterious seven inch. You know? Also, does it come with every copy of the LP or was it like the first 500 or some shit? Uh, we did 300. So there was the, the original, the first pressing of the LP, there's 500, but there's only 300 of the seven inch. So for, hurry, you know, hurry up, hurry of, up. I sent hundred of them to Europe uh, for brass neck records. And then I have the other 200. So first 300 people who ordered the, the LP. That would have been us, Tom, if he'd uh, actually had them for sale last week. See? Yeah. Oh man, I'll never, <laughs> never I'll never let it go. No, that's right. Hopefully, I'll, <laughs> hopefully, I'll catch them down the road at some point here. They got a bunch of touring coming up. But all right, let's play that song, Neil, and then we'll talk about Raging Nathan's records. We'll talk about touring. We'll talk about uh, uh, hip hop country. We'll talk about whatever. <laughs> that just sounds horrible. <laughs> I have does, to say, it? it does. Take two things that are it, bad and stick them together. Billy Cyrus. That's who. That's who. Really oh right. boy. Anyway, oh, you know can. what? They'll never find us here by the Raging Nathans.
right. First one of the Raging Nathans tonight. That was They'll Never Find Us Here. The bonus 7-inch that comes with the brand new album, Still Spitting Blood, correct? That, did I get yes. that right? Excellent. Yeah. So, Josh, I am, I am totally flying without a net here. I have no notes. I have no agenda. But let's talk a little bit about the last two, because what I've heard on the new Rage Nathan's record, I can't, I can't remember if I've heard the whole thing or not. But um, so is it it's, – I assume it's produced by the same uh, guy that did uh, Waste My Heart. Am I right about that or am I wrong? Yes, that's 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 correct. Luke McNeil from the copyrights. For the copyrights. So did you go to Chicago somewhere? Chicago land to record that? Uh, no, he lives in Springfield, Illinois. Okay. Oh, okay. So the reason I say that is because I think there's definitely a different. He has a unique style. He puts it's it, the records you did with him have more of a pop punk. The way the the lead guitars sing and stuff, it definitely has more of a pop punk edge, right? I mean, it's it's it, it, at least to my to my ear. Well, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know about like the whole. I, I get, I get critical of of the term pop punk, but sure. I do. Because most of it sucks. I mean, I understand why you get critical of that, but there's a lot of good stuff out there too. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. I just, I, I never really considered like what we did like a pop punk band, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, Luke does a great job. Like he understands what we're going for and he's also not afraid because like we're friends so it's sure. it, you know he's not afraid to tell me like hey you know like uh this is too long or you know this would sound better if you did this here or, or whatever and and i appreciate feedback like that and um mm. you know he just knows what he's doing and the environment is very relaxed and he works real hard, you know, like he'll come down and he'll sit, he'll do the whole session, whatever, eight, 10 hours, you know, and he won't, you know, he won't even get up, um, mm. which is great. Cause that's how like, I want to work, you know, I assume you bring all your songs, at least what you consider finished to the studio. You're not writing in the studio, right? No, we're, we're almost, we are 90%. In, so you'll take you a know. little bit of arrangement critique or whatever, but other than that, you're ready to go. Okay. I have to kind of figure well, well, like with Waste My Heart, you know, all of those songs, I, I did a majority of the writing on that record and all of the songs were like four and a half minutes long. Like, yeah, like I noticed all, he had, he had some long ones on that one, yeah. All the demos were. And, and so I brought them to him and I was like, and he was like, dude, he was like, you can just cut cut this fucking verse out, you know? And we whittled them down and, and it was really a smart thing because – um some of those songs were just too long, you know? And, and in my head, I'm like, okay, you know, I have the structure of the song, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, you know, sure. verse, whatever. Um, and at the end of the day, I, you just don't need, you don't need all that. And I think sometimes you do. And if I didn't want to budge on something, that's fine. But yeah, you could tell those had some, like uh, that record had some longer songs and, if, yeah. and the longer ones, you can imagine they were a little bit longer before they <laughs> like, stare, like stairway to heaven, you know? Well, oh, yeah. I can play just as good as that too. <laughs> so, you, how many songs you guys got? You guys have like a hundred songs, right? Um, yeah, over a hundred. So, when you write write your set list, what do you what do you how do you even make a set list with that? I mean, you're playing for 
You're playing at Reggie's. You get to play 12 songs. See, so and that, what yeah, what's funny about that as well is Josh made a couple of comments that, oh, shit, we're going to have to play for 45 minutes. And it looked like he was going to be struggling to fill the set. Was You have like a million songs. So I was kind of, I thought that was funny that you said that. Yeah, you know what? Not all of them really, like, I don't like all of them. Or like, not all of them translate live. Or, yeah, you heard it very first, kids. Josh hates his own songs. <laughs> Go well, out and buy them now. I mean, he didn't say he hated them. He said he didn't love all of them. I, I, and I, I struggle with this, too, because I'm like, you know, we have, we play 13 or 14 songs in a set, and I do struggle to pick a set list. And, and what I'll have to do is, like i'll fucking start at the first record and like go through the track list and be like can i can we even play any of these or like do we know these or like is it is it like making me grind my teeth and like pull my hair out to like get through one of these songs because i just don't want to play it anymore or i don't like it or like whatever so it's honestly it's it's kind of hard dude because even though there's over 100 songs to choose from like you probably don't know like 30 of them as a band or whatever. Yeah, sure. Like th there's that too. But I, I think so a lot of them, I just from don't the want them. From the original record, which is called, the first full length is called Losing It, right? Am I right about yes. that? To the new record, you got is it five full lengths now? Uh, five full lengths and then two of the two of like the, of your seven yeah, that, yeah. that pretty well cover all everything except for the new stuff that's coming. How many of the how many of the people in the band now were also on the first record? Is it just you or is there pretty good continuity? No, uh, Nick Hamby, the, uh, second guitar player. What, or yeah, the, the other guitar player. He's been on every on, record. Okay. Yeah. He's been, on every, he's been on every recording. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's been him and me the, the whole time. Okay. Rhythm sections, Neil, they come and go. He used to play the drums, so he was on drums on the first record. Actually, oh, is that right? Oh, no on, the, on, on that one and Cheap Fame, he played drums. Oh, no, that's the guy with the, that's the guy with the lots of hair and the big handlebar mustache, right? No, that's that's Christian. He's the he's the bass player, and then the other guy with the long hair, his name is Brian Saunders, and he's been filling in for Nick. Um, you know, Nick hasn't had a lot of Nick's been going through some stuff. He hasn't really been able to do anything with us since October. Um, but also I, we, we added Brian to the mix. Like, I, I don't know, like two years ago or something like that, because I just don't want to play guitar anymore. If I don't, if I don't have to like live, um, was, he, much, was he playing guitar when you saw the kneeler? Was he just singing? Uh, he was playing guitar. He was hitting it in an angry fashion. So I assume he was playing okay. it. <laughs> yes. Well, no. I, I was hammering I've, like a jackhammer. I've told <laughs> like an adult film star. I, I, uh, I, to, I, I told I've never seen the Raging Nathans. I've seen Josh play in two different bands, Neil, but never the Raging Nathans. I saw him play with the Dopamines, and I saw him play with the Nobodies. Hmm. But I've actually never seen the Nathans. So one of these days, I'm sure they'll get through my hood. Well, what was impressive to me was that he came up to me and was just shooting the shit with me and Laura. Him and his lovely wife was shooting the shit with me and Laura before the show. And it was literally minutes before they were about to go on. And he was still just shooting the shit with us. Like most people would be nervous or something or getting shit ready. But he was just happily hanging out with us. It was kind of cool. Actually. Well, let me tell you his secret, Neil. He's super high. <laughs> Dude. If Maybe I not. Would, Perhaps. If I would, I'd be fucking freaking out, man. Is that right? 
oh dude i can't i can't smoke weed and fucking play music no it's no no I, it used to be like they used to like take my microphone away because i'd be like where's the weed at you know <laughs> like, like stop asking people that you know um <laughs> but nowadays no man it makes me it's i'm too anxious you know i i do get nervous no matter what no matter what show it is um i get i get pretty pretty bad nerves um and that even at, and at Reggie's, I was nervous too. But I find that like, you know, talking to people that I enjoy talking to is is a way. You know, I don't know. That's just what I do. That's cool. What am I gonna do? Like sit in the fucking green room? You know what I mean? Like I don't. Like I, no, I want to hang out. Okay, so Neil has, so Neil has a very calming. He's a very calming presence. He, yes, uh, I, I, I do. Yes, I'm not angry. Well, it's at funny all. you say that because I mean, you know, I've seen the queers of. Uh, 500 times is that who you're playing with oh no you're with teenage bottle rocket i was gonna say i've seen the queers many times and joe always used to mingle with the crowd but now joe doesn't show up until it's time to play he comes on stage leaves i think he just hides out but uh you know it's i think it's a grind for joe uh, sometimes yeah he's Uh, getting a little older obviously but that's his job. That's funny. Me and Neil were talking about it. He goes, he goes, how old's Joe? I said, oh, he's sixty-five. And and then Neil goes, no, 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 he's he's fifty-nine. He's about to turn sixty. And no, I said, no. I said, don't tell Joe. <laughs> no, Neil's wrong. I'm calling he, bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on that. When he was on the podcast, Neil, don't care. Okay, don't care what he said. Ago, he said he was sixty-two. Who's gonna lie and say they're older than they actually are? Nobody's doing that. Well, that's what I thought because he was thirty-five when when Love Songs for the Retarded came out. And so that was 93, so if you do the math. There you go. But, but then again, you know, what do I know? I don't know. Neil's I, not good at math. He's English. Mm-hmm. Hey, when, <laughs> when he, at, hey, at Reggie's, right? What Reggie's? So when you go to that little, uh, to go up on stage up, up there to the left where the bouncer's always sitting, like what, uh-huh. is, what is through that curtain? Nothing. Well, that's like, so the side of the stage, is, yeah. it's literally like a little room a little concrete room where, where there's gear and stuff and you can see the stage from the side. And there's like a spiral staircase that goes up to like a balcony that, that looks over the stage. Cause I see people on the other side of the stage up above, like up above where the sound yeah. guy is. That's how you get there. Okay. Oh no, 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 no. That's, that's like, you know, that's the, the crowd balcony or whatever, but anyone who's backstage or through that curtain can go up the spiral staircase that leads to like, you know, one, one, like the stage, right. Looking at down on it. And then you, you can go behind like the drummer okay. and like walk to the side. All right. We know a lot of people who play there. We need somebody to get this. We should, we should go backstage sometime. We need somebody to drag us back. There. Well, especially Josh, the funny... next time you're next time you're playing Reggie's, why don't you take us backstage? Let us oh, eat your, oh, uh, let's no, eat your craft no. services. No problem. Dude. Well, Tom, because the funny thing about that is, though, the bouncer that was sitting there is that guy that's a spitting image of you. So you could actually push him off the push him dude, off the I chair, and a, you could sit I there. I do have a pretty prototypical bouncer look: the <laughs> bald head, wide shoulders, uh, beard look. Yes. No, but I've, I've shown you a picture of this guy before. He actually does look. He could be your brother, for God's sakes. It's really weird. <laughs> Maybe he is. Yes. All right, let's play. Let's play another song, Neil. Okay. So um, we got seven songs. I'm gonna try to get them paid about ten minutes apiece. Oh, do we want to play another Reggie Nathan's, or do you want to play? Uh, do you want to play one of your other bands, one of your stable, as it were? Well, you know, if we're gonna talk about the, the Nathan's for a little bit, we could play another uh, another Nathan's tune, and then when we get into some of the other stuff, we can talk about. Uh, there you go. Well, who knows stuff. where we're going? That's the problem. You know what? We want to talk about your radioactive rivers. 
I have no doubt. Oh. I have no doubt. And this song is called Doubt. doubt. There you go. How was that? So what is what is this from? This the is new the new record, Still Spitting Blood. Yep. Um, this is a song that I wrote off of it. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, really, I, I like this song. It's pretty, pretty honest. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to write songs for other people. I wish I did. We'd be more of a popular band. But um, <laughs> this is like a... So, so you said you... I mean, you're the. Are you, you said you know the last record you were the primary songwriter. Are you sharing that more now than you used to? Like the songwriting duties? No, it was like oh, it's always been split. You know, fifty fifty. Well, I wouldn't. I don't know about fifty fifty. It's been split pretty pretty evenly between Nick and I. Um, so Nick can all, write for you, but you can't write for him, is what you're saying. I've written a couple of songs where he's written the lyrics. Um, okay. But like, I've also. You know, some of our best songs, I feel like, are songs that, like, I wrote the lyrics for his, like, you know, a song that he wrote that he didn't have any words for. Um, and then we always had, like, our first bass player, Derek. He wrote some songs that we recorded. And Jared, the next bass player, he wrote some songs. And, and now Christian, um, you know, he he's his songs are killer, man. So, like, we have three people in the band that, that are constantly writing songs. Um, which is one of the reasons I think that we were able to that, put that we so music. put out so much material because I feel like it doesn't matter who writes the song as long as the four of us are playing it. It's the Nathans. You know what I mean? There you go. All right, Neil, so, let's spin it. This is doubt, right? Exactly. No doubt. Second from the Raging Nathans tonight. That was Doubt off of the new record. Silence. 
No, well, so, so we were just taking in the song. Was, that's how good it was. We're here pretty quick with the queers, who we just mentioned, and the sexiest chicken rock and roll, Susie, the Susie Moon Band. That's going to be pretty cool. And you're hitting some weird places, right? Like you're doing a lot of southern shows. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there. You know, it's described to me as you know, B B markets. Um, oh, is that what it is? I mean, I guess I don't know. You'll never hear me talk like that, but. Um, well, yeah, it's because you, you grew up in a B market. It's just a small, a small. I just like, I don't I mean, know. Dayton's a B market. Grand Rapids is a B market. I get that. I, you know what I mean? We're all B markets, right? I, it's just booking agent fucking sure. jargon. Um, and no, yeah, that's going to be, it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great tour. Um, you know, it's been, it's been a, a struggle trying to get on with the quick, cause Joe's always like, Oh God. Yeah. I wish you guys would come, you know? And it's like, I, it's always the booking agent. It's always like dealing with a booking agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, you know, this time around, I had to ask for more money because the guy, I was like, the, you know, the fucking amount of money that he offered us, the the agent at first, I was like, dude, going to cover your gas. It, it really didn't, you know. I'm like, I can't fucking do this. Like, come on, man. He Joe asked you himself, like, and so like then he gives you more money, and it's like, why don't you just. Why don't, why don't we skip all this bullshit and just like give me the right <laughs> amount of money the first time, you know? Right. Because okay. if you'd have taken the low number, he'd have been thrilled. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, and I just I can't. The more we just the, the Nathans just got signed to a booking agency, um, Atomic. So okay. I'm, yep, yeah, they do a lot of them. Yeah, we're making. You know, we're starting to make more money, and like the frustrating thing is, it happened right after um, we accepted this tour. So it was like. You know, ha, I, so we could so theoretically built, your booking agent could hash it out with Joe's booking agent, so you wouldn't have to talk money yourself. Basically, let somebody else do your dirty work for you. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what they're for, and 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 our sure. guy is great at it. So it's like you know we're starting to get contracts, you know, for way more money than we ever, you know, used to get, and so it's all right. You know, I'm not I'm not a, I don't really care so much about money. I never have. But I do feel like when you know that promoters are willing to pay X amount of dollars for your band because it makes you feel like, okay, well, people are coming to see you. People, you know, there yeah. is an audience for it. They're obviously willing to pay you for it. So when they lowball you like that, you feel a little slighted, not because of it. It's not necessarily like the money. It's like the kind of like shystiness of not offering you what you're worth at, sure. at first, you know? Well, and you guys, the fact of the matter is you guys are a known a known commodity. You have a name. I mean, you might not be like a, na- a national headliner, but you're a band where if you're on a bill, you make the bill a lot stronger. You yep, know, that's, exactly. that's just the kind of band you guys are. And I, I don't mean to insult you saying you're not a national headliner, but you know what I mean, right? Like no, if dude, the queers are playing, it's great. But if the queers with the Nathans are playing, it's a much stronger bill. And, and so. it didn't used to be like that. So, I, I, I mean, I appreciate you saying that because it, it is something that I do think. And, and But I also think that we work hard towards that. So, it's you know, it didn't it didn't just happen for us. Like, you know, we've, we've been a band for a long time doing this. Oh, and- dude, I, I will give you – I give you props all day long because – and I, I think Neil and I are actually kind of cut from the same cloth as you. Like, you guys are from Dayton, Ohio. 
And the reason where you're at is because you worked your ass off. You outworked the other bands doing what you're doing. That's what Neil and I, too, it's like we're two schmoes. Nobody knows who we are. Everybody else who does a podcast is like a minor celebrity or has their own band or something. Like we have scratched, you know, just because we work harder. We we do more episodes. We, you know, we're artist friendly. And, and so, I, dude, I totally relate to what you're doing. So if you don't mind, we'll give each other a quick uh, you know, pat on the back here. <laughs> yeah, say a quick hand job. And it's true, too. You know, it, it is true. It's like hard work does pay off. It's just hard to see it sometimes, you well, know, because a lot of people give up. You know, it's it's you want to give up sometimes. It's all there's to it, you know. Oh, dude, totally. I mean, it's it gets frustrating, um, you know, when you're not when you're not when you don't feel like you're going anywhere, you know. Sure. And so well, I think it's. Oh, no, as I say, you, you're putting out so many records that you had to have financial liability all over the place. I mean, you still, I don't know how many you put out last year. I don't think maybe quite as many as the year before. But you're still, I'm not even, I'm not talking Nathan's. I'm talking about your label. You, you're still putting out a crazy amount of records, right? Oh, dude. So check, the, check this out. The reason that, so we still put out like, I, I don't know, a, a bunch of records last year in 2022. But check this shit out, man. This is going to, this, this, this is, I, I'm, I'm, I can't even make this up. I can't exaggerate this. We had 18. Actually, I think it got to 20. We had eight between 18 and 20 records that were all at the plant in some form of like mostly paid. Either they were completely paid off or, you know, they just had like a balance on them or like whatever. But like I had, I mean, 18. That was last, that was last year. It started last year, yeah. So like, I'm still, I'm still not fucking getting any of these records back. Like the new Nathan's record, still spinning blood. I just got that three days ago, and that was halfway. Excuse me. You know, we we submitted that. You know, only I don't know halfway through 2022, or maybe earlier than that. I mean, it's it, it was so insane. Um, and currently, I have like. Oh, there's so many records that are still there, and I just got off the, uh, an email with them, and, and like by April, all of those records are going to be back, and I've just started getting them back, and like now I'm getting four records back at a time or like whatever, and I don't even have now, and, and I've run into this huge problem where you know you spend all this money, it's all wrapped up in in production, you forget even that you're going to get a product back to sell, but now my problem is. I don't have enough time to properly promote all of these things to make <laughs> yeah. my money back. Yeah. So it's like, well, you don't need, dude, you don't even have time to put them in boxes and take them to the post office. <laughs> you should see, dude, you should see my, my, my office. It's just like, <laughs> it's like, have you ever heard, you ever heard that song? Fuck the system by the exploited. Sure. It just, it just starts with like 35 seconds of just screaming. <laughs> like, like that's, that every time I walk into my office, that's just like that's what plays in my head. Some, some fucking screaming. Are you still like working at Blind Bob's? Are you still doing like a day job? No. So I, I quit Blind Bob's to uh, I, I opened a, a head shop called. Check yeah, Your let's head. talk about this a minute. I saw you doing this. Dayton seems to be kind of coming alive. There's a new record store that I want to go check out over there, and uh, you got your head shop. So what's this? What's this about? What's it called? It's called Where's Check. It uh, it's in the Oregon district. It's on fifth street. It's, okay. uh, so by blind Bob's 438 East fifth street. Check your head. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I was working at the bar and then this guy that I used to live with, 
uh, he owns Omega Music, which is the big record store. I've been there twice. Yeah, yeah, I know that place. Yep. So my friend Alex, he, he came to the bar, and he had been kind of – he had mentioned it to me before. He said, hey, he said, me and my brother, you know, we want to open a head shop. You know, what do you think about that? And I'm like, oh, that's great. And then finally, you know, he came to me one time. He was like, yeah, Greg doesn't want to do it. Um, and I was like, well, okay, how much, you know, how much money would it would it cost? And he gave me a, a, a number. And ironically, or like, ironically, I don't know. It was just, it just happened to be the amount of money that I had saved up from the label from over COVID. Hmm. Uh, people people bought records like crazy over, you know, that year and a half or two. Oh, yeah, period. yeah. I know I did. Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't know what to do with all the money. So I just like, I was like taking, you know. <laughs> nice I was problem. What a great country. Yeah, what, what a, a great, great problem to have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going to, no, seriously, I was I was going to like buy a fucking, you know, like a Eldorado or something, you know, something stupid with it. I, I mean, I just wanted like a classic car. <laughs> like a 1975 Cadillac and just cruise around. <laughs> I was, that's I was literally going to do that. The, was, was funny. the go. gold, and, gold pinky ring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, that's so much like me. You don't even know. Uh, <laughs> but like, yeah. So he told me how much money it would be. I had the money, and so I said, "Okay, fuck it, let's do it." And you know, he's a very cautious person. Me, I'm like, you know, get shit done type of type of guy. Sure. And so within, you know, six months or whatever, four months, we, you know, we had started the LLC and we were well on our way. We finally, you know, we got a place, um, ended up being two doors down from Bly Bob's. Um, yep. I took a couple of the employees with me. Um, well, they're, and, still letting uh, you pl- they're still letting you play there, so they must not be too mad. Oh, I sp- come on. I worked there for 13 years. Like, they, <laughs> you know, what Bl- are they going to do? Blind Bob's was a dive bar, I assume. Yeah, bar restaurant. Okay. Yeah, it's not. I wouldn't even call it a dive. It's a pretty. It's an okay place. But I booked a lot. You know, a lot of bands have come through there. That's. I guess if you're in a band, like that's the, the place that you want to play in Dayton. Okay. So I've I've only been to Dayton a couple times, Neil. But both times we stayed at this hotel. I can't remember what it's called. It was right on the edge of the Oregon district, and we walked down there. Now last time, unfortunately, it was during COVID, so it kind of sucked. But, um, but no, it's cool. It's the cool little neighborhood and in uh dayton there i've been to dayton yeah. twice uh both Maybe. both in the mid 80s both to see skateboard contests at the Hara arena before uh josh was born probably like 85 and 86 or 86 yes. and 87 i think and one of them was on video and one of them is the one with natus ollie's over the cow i don't know if you anyone has ever seen that <laughs> nice. but i was i was there for I that one that nice. 86 and i do remember that you said this last time that we spoke because uh because i my parents used to live right by her arena which is demolished now it's completely gone and yeah. is uh does uh is is surf ohio still there the shop jimmy george ohio. is that or, or was it called surf ohio it was called surf ohio yeah that was the name of the shop oh. yeah. no that I, I don't know about that one but there was like you know a, a staple for a long time called Ohio surf and skate that's gone too. But so like we sell skateboards and shit. Oh dear. So what is, so what is a head shop in 2023? Yeah. I was going to ask that same thing. Yeah. What's the status of marijuana in Ohio? It's legal medically. Oh, just medical. Um, It's not recreational. Um, so my store has a lot of like, uh, a lot of the, delta products and a lot of like the different cannabinoids and uh you know there's delta six there's delta eight delta nine delta ten now delta what, is, what, is, what, so what does that mean what, what, what does that mean yeah walking and by yeah so 
the Delta stuff is all legal, right? And people are very skeptical about it because they don't really know what it is. But like, so in marijuana, right, is is Delta nine. That's that's what's illegal. Um, there's some there's some bill called like the Farmers Act of 19 fucking 73 or something that outlawed <laughs> that outlawed Delta nine. And so Delta nine is the prevalent form of THC found in marijuana. But what they what the scientists have figured out is, um, you know, there's lots of stuff that gets you high um, in in pot. So like mm. in the cannabis mm. plant. So what they do is they just extract the different cannabinoids from it and sell it because, and now it's legal, <laughs> you know, it's like that. Or what I should say is that those forms of it are not hmm. illegal. Is that, so the, that's uh, is that the CBD? So that's not medical. Any smoke could walk in off the street. Absolutely. Is that the oh. CBD stuff or is that something different? No, CBD is from the hemp plant, but it doesn't have any psychoactive properties. Now what I sell is THC. It's Delta 8 THC or Delta 11 THC. And some of this shit is more potent than regular Delta 9 THC. So like Delta 11 is like, you know, whatever, 30 times more potent than regular THC. I had this guy, He, I, I like to tell this story because it, it kind of illustrates my point is that he, he came into the shop. He goes, I'm from Michigan, you know, where it's, it's, it's been legal for a long time. Yep. And he's probably used to getting, you know, good weed all the time. Yeah, recreational so, weed. Yep. Yeah, and I go through this whole, you know, spiel with him about the Delta stuff and how it actually works and, you know, it's THC, like you'll, you know, you'll fail your drug test. Um and he didn't, you know, he still wasn't he, he was still skeptical. He's at and by but by now I'm like talking to him for like 20 minutes, right? So I'm getting kind of like, you know, impatient. And I'm like, "Look, dude, I was like, buy this shit right here. Go over there. Smoke it." And I was like, "If you're not fucking high, I'll give you your money back. You know, I was like, I can't, I can't lie to you. I'm like, I'm standing right here. I own this place. Like, you know, you know where I'm at. I'm not going to like, you know, so he goes over there and he, and he, and I'm looking at him and he's, I can tell he still doesn't believe me. And he hits this thing like fucking six times, you know? And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) like, but, and so, yeah, like, you know, the onset of this Delta 11 stuff is like onsets in like 10 seconds. And it's, you know, pretty intense. Um, yeah. And he looks at me like 30 seconds later and he's just, fucking blazed you know he's like he's like tripping almost i'm like i told you dude like you know so that's that's a lot of our that's like a third of our business are these cartridges and display see what people people have to pay for a card they got to pay like you know whatever two hundred dollars or two hundred and fifty dollars to get the medical card card. yeah yeah and so when people realize that they could just walk into my store and buy this stuff for whatever between 30 and 50 dollars like and still get high they don't they don't have to go spend 250 dollars at once to get the card what they also don't know though is that josh in addition to playing vans running a record label is also a medical doctor <laughs> he'll, he'll give you a mammogram in his van at least that's what he tells the girls <laughs> no, no I'm, not, prostate check. I'm not a gynecologist but i'll take a look so myself as a as a i operate within a legal gray area i, I you know i kind of like being a drug dealer like you know but like i'm doing it legally so never well, mind never mind all that how about the black light posters do you have a lot of that shit like the old head shops back in the day well i was gonna say do you have like the three foot like glass bongs that yep. are just like ridiculous like the size of an oboe <laughs> right well, well so that's really interesting too because so when it comes to the black light posters 
I don't have any blacklight posters, oh. but I do like the like the tabletop posters, you know. I, and, and I sell a lot of those. It's just like you know, they're like movie posters or like you know, pictures of Jason or fucking Freddy or like whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like Alice Cooper, you know. People buy a lot of that shit. Um, the the posters, I'm into it, man. Like I, I just. I, the, one of the biggest challenges for me was like figuring out, you know, I had this amount of money to start with. And I didn't know, you know, well, you think you know what people want, right? Cause you know, like shit, man, I, I spent a lot of time smoking pot. Like I know, I know what I would buy, but what you don't think about is like what other people would buy. So, you know, you spend all this money on inventory and the, and, and the, the challenge the interesting challenge has been, you know, seeing what sells, what sells slowly, what actually flies, um, and what people want. So I'm, I'm like, what I want is everything, right? Like I want to have a store that you walk into and it's just like, Oh shit, they, they got everything. Um, but we're working on that. You know, like we started with, with initial stuff and then now we're like, you know, I take notes about anytime anybody asks for something, I write it down and, and, I think that we're gravitating to like I applied for a liquor license and, and uh, I've been going through a lot of bullshit with the with the liquor license because um, we want to sell carry out beer, you know, 12 packs and cases and 40s and shit like that. Um, and, and if I can if we can do that, then it then it turns it turns it more into like a convenience store, like a, a bodega style place than just a head shop. Like once we get the beer, I'm going to focus, I'm going to get a, another cooler and sell like, you know, whatever SpaghettiOs or fucking ice cream or whatever. You know, so it's going to be like a, like a bodega for high ends. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's, it's turning it's into clerks basically, right? A stoner, a stoner bodega. There's <laughs> <laughs> Jay and silent Bob here. Yeah. How much candy people buy? Like, you know, when, when we first were deciding on food, you know, candy was, was uh, big on the list. And I, and I had no fucking idea. Like, dude, I got like, I got a guy who comes in, he buys like six sprites a day and like $20 worth of candy bars. And, and I'm just like, it's just crazy to me. I mean, it's awesome for me. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, so is it, so is the store doing well? I mean, is it, is it a success? Are you going to get your money back? Oh dude. Yeah. I mean, like the store has been doing, better week after week almost consistently since june that's great Um, and it's i feel like it's kind of like a uh it's a recession proof business man i mean i I think that you can run anything into the ground if you don't care about it but i'm pretty invest like if i'm if i'm going to do something i'm gonna do it kind of just like with the band or the label um and this time around i had the the fortune the good fortune of running a label or running a business that took me a long time to figure it out. So when I started the head shop, I really was able to apply a lot of the things that I had learned from the label directly into the head shop. And so I think that has done really well for me. Hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, I just, I, I kind of love it also. Cause like I fucking barely work now. Like it's great. I pay myself more than I was getting paid at the bar. And I've, and I, I don't know, I go in there usually when I'm there, like I'm there before anybody gets there. You know, I do the, I do the money, I do the banking, I do the ordering, I do the, you know, I go pick up the cigarettes and the the shit like that. But like when it comes to actually being the clerk, I don't want to fucking do that. Dude, I, 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 this girl (laughs) just like, she called off for a week, you know, and 
and so I covered all our shifts. Freaking millennials. And this, well, yeah, but I can't give her shit though because, like, you know, I had a boss. Like, I called off all the time. I was always on tour or like oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, and my boss was always cool about it. So, like, I have to really respect, you know, like, I, I think I learned a lot in that aspect about being a boss um, because I think people need fucking time off, dude. I think you know sure. what I mean, and yeah, and yeah. I I wanted to respect that. Um, but like, dude, I was sitting there and these fucking people would come in and they'd be like, I remember this one guy, this is last week. A guy comes in and he's like piss drunk and he's like, Hey man, uh, he's like, I'm going to fucking own this block one day. I'm like, Oh yeah, really cool. Uh, and, and you know, he's like, and then he starts telling me about his credit card processing company. Right. And I'm like, Oh, cool. And he's like, he's like, no, nah, I'm not trying to sell you. Uh, but like, you know. And then he proceeds to like try to get me to sign up for his credit card processing company. I'm like, well, hey man, you got a business card? And he's like, well, no. I'm like, well, do you, you know, can you beat my rate? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, do you fucking like, can you, you know, what do you know? Like, do you know you what anything? a credit card is, sir? Like, we're a high risk business. Like, like we had to find banks that would work with us. Like, do do you, will your company even fucking work with us? He's like, well, I don't know. I said, dude. I, I hope this isn't your pitch, my man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm like, also, who talks to a fucking stranger like this? I'm like, this is bar. This was being at the bar or being a bartender 2.0. Yeah, and you're, like, and you're the guy that wants to sell beer in this place. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not drunk either. So it's like, you know, I'm just well, like, get the fuck away from me. I can't handle it. So I try to be there as little as possible. So what's, what's the name of the shop, Josh? It's called Check Your Head. Check your head, like the Beastie Boys. Like always. the Beastie Boys, yep. yeah. So one, All right, well, one hold, hold, hold on a second, hold on a second. One yep. check of your credibility. You're not selling Grateful Dead t-shirts in there, are you? <laughs> no, man. Hey, all right, you passed. All right, good. <laughs> hey, I mean, unless, unless someone wants to bring one in and put it on the, like, you know, hey, man, if someone wants to give me a Grateful Dead shirt, I will put it on the used shirt rack for free, but I will not purchase a fucking Grateful Dead shirt to, to resell. Yeah, all right, it. so of all the songs you picked today, because we went way too long about playing a song here, I didn't know what a hot topic this was. Right? Uh, Talk about hot topic. Uh, <laughs> which which of these songs is the most stonerish of the seven songs you picked? Uh. Sorry to out your label, the people on your oh, label. He has, he has, a, he has a band called are. The Slow Death, which I guess could have something to do with that. I was going to say it'd that. be the dopamines, but I don't think you picked the dopamines <laughs> song with their big stoners. You know what? Like, I don't know. None of these, I don't know if any of these All right, people... then just pick a song. Fine. Fine. Well, I, well all right. Let's do the what Slow Death. All right. It doesn't work. You want, all right, let's play the slow death. So you, you played on this. So tell us about the slow death song. You played on this. Yeah. So this is from this is from their the slow death's newest record called Casual Majesty, and you know I it, it's this was an interesting record. Um, I had Jesse doesn't like that. Jesse gets mad at me when I say this, but like I had I had done guitar work for every song on the record and then like there were like songs that got cut from the record that were really good i thought um that didn't end up being on it and a lot of my guitar like originally we had it mixed by one person and the, the mix wasn't wasn't what everybody was looking for um and then when, when it got mixed again a lot of my guitar work kind of like disappeared um or is so low it's just low in the mix um 
But this song in particular is is really good, man. And I, I think that so it's like everybody's there. Um, the lineup on this because you know each song had had sometimes had a different lineup of people, um, which was really interesting. Jesse is a very fun and interesting guy to work with in the studio because he wants you know it's a it's like a a big group thing you know and on this record he had as many musicians as he you know as he could fit in the studio on these songs is this not a real band i mean is this just a a collection of his friends or whatever that get together and play in the studio i think that there was like you know the first record the first record was like him mikey erg patty um zach from dear landlord and uh Johnny C, Dave Strait. Yeah, I mean, it's always been like a, a group of people, but there's always been like a core. I, I played in this band since 2012, and this is the first LP that I made it on. Um, I was on one or two of their seven inches, but like, yeah, there was always there's always a different lineup. This on this particular song, the lineup is me on guitar, Jesse, um, Patty from you know D4 on bass, Mikey on drums, um, maybe a, another guitar player, either Dave Strait or, or Dan Johnson. And then, you know, Lydia Loveless does backup vocals and she's kind of like a, a big, like uh hot shot, like blood shot records, like country oh, yeah. artist. For sure. Yeah. Lydia. Yeah. I know the name. Yeah. Lydia Loveless. For and sure. it's, it's just a great Jesse. When Jesse writes a good song, it's a great song. Where's Jesse um, from? And I think this, uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, he would be an interesting guest to have. All right. Well, um, it's funny because this is a celebrity band, right? Or, or punk celebrities, at least. You know, Mike Eric's well known, obviously, and Patty from D Four is well known. Huh. That's yeah. cool. So what's and, and no we put out for years? So, so what's the name of the song? The song is called "Imaginary Problems." There we go. The slow death.
All right, slow death. Slow death there with imaginary problems. Slow death from Minneapolis, Minnesota. So, Josh, you said your partner in the head shop was the owner of that Omega Music or one of the owners or something? Yeah, he still is. So his dad owned it for whatever, 30 years and then or something like that or 25 years. And and then Alex took over when he died. So last time I was there, which is a couple of years ago, I remember being in there and I'm, and all I could think was the entire like rad girlfriend catalog should be in here. I did end up buying your split with dead bars mm-hmm. who, who we had, uh, was it, was it John? Was it John? We had on the old dead bars. Yeah, Good, John. Nice guy. Yeah. John oh, or something like that. Um, but the other one, and I bought faith no more, uh, the real thing, but Neil doesn't care about that. But anyway, uh, there's a new record store in town, and not to not to say anything about your partner, but I know you you guys even played there, I think. But there's a is it called Blind Rage? Is that the new record store in Dayton? Yeah, Blind Rage. Uh, Blind Rage has already been around for about three years, um, but yeah, that's the new one, and and uh, a great great record store. There's actually an even newer one called Catacombs Records, which just opened up in the last six months, but I think it's it's mainly like focused on metal. So, so okay. So that like Blind Rage, I mean, they had a festival last year, Neil. Remember, we were kind of talking about it. They had like Zero Boys, Toxic Reasons. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah we... Like a was that like so? You guys played one of those shows, right, Josh? You play, I don't know which. I can't remember which night you guys. Yeah, you guys we played. played the, we played the Toxic Reasons show. So was that like in the record store? Yeah. Like, can you bring yeah. a beer in here or what? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a stage that that they built in it. Cause it was like it was a really cool festival. Like I mean, it was like three nights. It wasn't like an all day festival, but it was like a really. It got some. They got some really cool acts over there. I was sort of. I was actually real tempted to go see both Zero Boys and Toxic Reasons. But you know, last year once everything started opening back up, there were so many shows again. It's like this spring. Everybody's on tour this spring, right? Yeah, it's true. It's a cluster. But anyway, okay. So yeah, it's a and, it's a great store though. I mean. It's cool. more focused, I think, on on punk rock and hardcore. Yeah, that was kind of the impression I got. That's cool, though. You know, because you go into it, like, like Omega's a good, like, it's a general interest store, right? Like, there was people in there buying rap. Those people buying, like, it's just a, because I, I got to tell you, I, I get real impatient nowadays when I go to the record store if they don't have a punk or a metal section. You know what I mean? Like, I have to dig through all these records with the hope of finding, like, a couple of good punk records. I can't do it, but I do. Well, you know, so the thing about Omega is like, I used to go down there with all the Rad Girlfriend releases and make Alex like, you know, like buy them off me, sure, like sure, with, with cash. Um, but <laughs> but but then I started, you know, I needed the my, the record label's distribution company MVD is I it took a long time for us to like make any money with them. And so what I realized was like what was in my control was getting them to order through MVD. Um, and that was just better for us. So, I, you know, yeah. it, it stopped me having to like just carry records over there. Cash. Yeah. And, and now he's got, you know, they have somebody who who buys their records who's, you know, I'm like and he was resistant to it for a long time because he didn't you know, he doesn't buy a lot from MVD. So. You know, when I kind of convinced him to do it, now now they buy Rad Girlfriend releases, but through the distributor. Well, and the good thing about, I guess, MVD is you can, I mean, they have stuff on Amazon. You know, like, I mean, Dwarves, I know, go through MVD and some of the other 
So, I mean, they have big distribution. What's NVD? But it is always strange. To, What's NVD? It's like a, it's like, well, I know, I know that's who does the Dwarves albums. I don't know. Yeah, they had a, they had a deal with NVD for a while i think that they still they still do release some stuff they like well, they put it on their own label and i think they just distribute it yeah i think they just distribute it for, i don't i don't know what the arrangement is but um i mean it's called music video distributors <laughs> it's like what a lame name oh mvd well, but, gotcha but it, okay but it is always i always struggle with this neil like if i go to like because of course we go record shopping in chicago all the time and and I go to Milwaukee record shopping, and if I like, if I'm in Dayton, Ohio, and I'm at a record store, I feel like like every rad girlfriend really should be there. When I go to Milwaukee, I always feel like, why don't they have every Beer City title? You know what I mean? Oh, I know yeah, it doesn't no, work yeah. like that, but yeah. Chicago, you know, why isn't every Naked Ray Gun just? Album just I always, up I here? always agree with that. That always baffles me. Is when you go into Reckless or something, and there's no Naked Ray Gun albums in there. I find that nobody odd. gives a shit. Nobody cares about rad girlfriend here. You know what I mean? It's like it's 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 kind of strange. I used to get upset about it. You know, I'd be like, you know, it would upset me that there was felt like there was little support in the city. But then you realize, you know, I don't know, man. People are mostly into lame shit. So what I do is pretty tight. I yeah. I so I just chalk it up to you know most people sucking. That's um, true, man. You can't do anything. Dude, you sound like a young version <laughs> of me. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Dang, everything sucks. All right. And you know what? You know what, Daniel? What's that? Because we're sort of at a break in the road, we're going to put another song in because we're behind on songs. Yeah, we are. That's true. So what's next, Josh? What song is next? All right. I have cool. no idea. I have no idea what we're going to talk about when we come back from this song. So I don't think that'll stop us, the, though. I don't think that'll stop us. staring into the void right now. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, well, what song get, is it? I want to get a little interesting here. So this is a song that, it, it, you know, it's it's not really a punk song, um, but what I'm doing is punk as fuck. So this is how it ties in. So this song is from John Hinckley, the man who shot Ronald Reagan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> Hinckley, had a, Hinckley had a vision, right, Neil? Yeah, but I, they, what? <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't like where this is going, but go ahead. Uh yeah, so were you high when you decided to put this in here? Were you, were you on the fucking the Varsity Eleven or whatever the fuck it was called? This is what happened. Uh, I get a phone call from from the drummer of Direct Hit, and they're in Europe, and and he goes, he goes, we're drunk. Uh, we want to do a like John Hinckley just got released from prison, and we want to do a, a a split seven inch with him. And, you know, like, I I think that they just thought that that shit was funny. But I'm like, well, you do know who you're talking to, right? So, I, so like, I get on Twitter and whatever. I track down John Hinckley and I get in touch with him. And I'm like, hey, do you want to do a record? And he says yes. Um, anyways, it didn't work out as a split with direct hit. I think that Nick was a little at, like, once I told them, like, oh, yeah, let's fucking do it. Um, you know, I think that there was a little, some apprehension on the, on their part due to like, you know, is, is this going to piss somebody off or are they going to get, you know, some type oh, of, come on. that's very unpunk thinking. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. So I was like, okay, well, you know, we'll just do it with John Hinckley. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I just you're said, doing okay. a seven inch. You're doing an LP, or what are you doing? What are you doing with John Hinckley? Just a seven, just a seven inch. Uh, this song is called 
the majesty of love. Oh Jesus! And uh, <laughs> and the, uh, the the other song is called Never Ending Quest. But Neil, I will tell you this: this shit's actually pretty good. It's mm. it, like now I know you listen. This is like Delta Eight, dude. You're skeptical until you know. You might, <laughs> I think you've been hitting the fucking Delta Eight a bit too hard, buddy. <laughs> Uh, no, man. Like, listen, if I can put out a record by a guy who shot the fucking president, good. You know, I like <laughs> I, I wish Warfy would shoot the president like regularly, like every couple of years. I wish the president would get shot. I think Biden might have been I, shot already, to be honest. Right <laughs> he might have a bullet lodged in his brain. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know what this guy's deal is, but it's actually kind of interesting. I, I was reading up on him. And so, like, you know, he never got sent to prison. He got sent to like a mental hospital for like yep, 30 yep. years. And he has been putting out records for 30 years but terms of his mental hospital stay were that they had to be anonymous he wasn't allowed to put his name on any of the music that he released huh. uh, so this you know this time around i don't know if he's how old these songs are or what i did find out though when i sent this record in that there is somebody who's doing a, a full lp of his another punk dude um and you know of course the guy was like when i when i posted this on the internet the guy was I'm doing an LP. I'm like, well, well, fuck you. You know, like, don't, <laughs> you know, go, go post that somewhere else. You know, um, a lot of people don't know this, but he was, he put all his albums out under a pseudonym. That was uh, Neil Diamond. Sweet Caroline is written by a guy who shot the I mean, he didn't kill him in his, in his defense. It was, it was a poor shot. He, I think he did kill somebody though. Hinkley did? Oh no no yeah. he shot well he shot Bradley the like secretary of I know one guy he hurt real bad right he, yeah he was all like mangled up Brady after Brady Brady yeah. past the Brady building he, he, I think yeah. he shot four people that's like that's what they say I'm not sure I think one of them died later on due to injury I could be I, I could it could be. be yeah I don't know, you know like, it, the, I mean I it was like 81 or something I was I didn't like talk barely to him about any of that in fact yeah. like no I don't want to talk to him about that because I feel like. Um, next, week, next week, next week on the Punctual I Die podcast, John. Do you Hinkley. feel like you'll be doing any press to, to promote his new album? Who me? No, so, John do you Hinkley. feel like John Hinckley will be doing any interviews to support his new album? Oh, absolutely! I mean, it would be so great. We could play all the songs that he inspired, like punk songs he inspired. Yeah, exactly. Like well, Hinckley he, had a vision, and see, it, I, I think that he's. From the interviews I've seen, like, you know, that's not something that he wants. I think he really wants to focus on his music. And the reason that he said yes was because I'm not trying to trivialize it to, to like, oh, this is the guy who shot Reagan. Like, well, that I wanted... rules us out there because we're totally going to trivialize it. We would totally <laughs> well, trivialize it. So Daryl from Razor Cake, you know, when I had when I had announced it, he hit me up and he was like, man, you know, I wonder if. I could get an interview with him. And I said, listen, that would be a fucking great interview. But I was like, if I were you, what I would do is focus on his music and not him being the guy that shot the president. Because like, I think that that is, that would speak more to like, and you know, he was like, he was like, well, it's gotta be juicy. You know, you gotta get some juicy shit in there. He's like, but again, he didn't want to do it because, uh, you know, he was afraid that they were going to get fucking backlash you know, I'm just like, when did who gives a shit? Like, what are they gonna? Who's gonna cancel you for? Fucking yeah, what are they gonna do? Take away your birthday? Yeah, I mean, but cares? yeah, but Razor you Cake, know, Razor Cake is the is the magazine right now for being they are again, very uh, politically correct, being very, very well, politically yeah. correct. They don't want to they don't want to offend anybody. So, 
Well, pussies. But the thing is, Josh, if you take away the fact that he shot the president, he's just an old geezer who's making folk music. You know what I mean? It's like I, 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 sure. I see what you're saying, but I also – he, his rep his rep speaks for itself. You know? I guess. I guess. You, you know what he did. Like it doesn't. It, he's no Charlie. Like, no, he's no Charlie Manson. Let's put it that way. I, I'd like to announce right now that Neil and I are putting out the new Mark David Chapman album. <laughs> it, it, but if you had the opportunity to do it, like you know, he's the guy who shot Lennon. He's mm-hmm. doing pretty well. No, I think we should yeah. organize a fight between uh, Chapman and fucking Hank. Oh, one of those celebrity good. deals yeah. where they wear celebrity the celebrity fights. Yeah. That would be good too. Yeah. That would be very good. All right, let's let's listen to this song. You let's try to. Listen, try to keep an open mind. The majesty of love, my friend. <laughs> the majesty. All right, let's do This might be the weirdest song we've ever played on this podcast. Let's do it. Indeed. John Hinckley Jr. with the that Majesty of Love. 
That was so good. And, listen, uh, listen, and that kids. is, yes, that, if you're just tuning late, that is the John Hinckley. Yes. If there is a lesson to be learned here, it's that if you're going to go shoot the president, do your target practice first. Wow. Make sure you're going to hit your target. I think I think the fucking the CIA might be after you now for saying oh, no, the shoot, FBI watch, or some Spotify shit. Spotify now. Yeah. Oh, wait, Spotify. He, he did hit. He did hit him. Yeah, 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 he hit him, but he, you know, didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't hit the bullseye. He didn't do a JFK. No. Even though he was far uh, closer. I don't know. Yeah, but, you might have to edit that. My wife's just like, yeah, I don't know if that's even legal to say. I'm like, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> this podcast what? is taking a weird turn. Some guy was like, you know, you're you're going on a list. And I'm like, fucking for what, dude? Like, who cares? You know, like people are, people are so worried about stupid ass. Well, I just I, I I want to live in a world where politicians fear the public because they clearly don't because they just piss on us constantly. Well, that's a good, so, good point. This you know, is I, why I chose to do that. This record, it, it, it's more of a statement than it is on my behalf, rather than necessarily like the style of music that he's playing. There you go. But this happened well, before you were we, born, though, we, right? This happened way we before going? you were born. Yeah, yes, it was 80, 81. 80, yeah, 81. 81. Yeah. Although Reagan was still president when I was born. Yeah. Well, without he Reagan, though, we wouldn't we wouldn't have got all that good hardcore in the era in the early. Well, 80s, it's funny. So, it's know. funny too because Reagan <laughs> at the end was very similar to Biden now. Well, just real dope. real dopey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't really how much clue was going on making good speeches though he still made good speeches he would like fall asleep and shit yeah exactly well he he, you know he was always a good orator reagan you know he's just that that was his thing he was an actor you know i mean they're all sort of actors at the end of the day but anyway all right him and john hinckley shot him and i put out john hinckley's record so there you go that's how i look at it so is this is this is this out right now is this a seven inch you can buy no, not yet. Uh, it's it's one of those records at the plant. So are the you, plant's are you, gonna be like, we won't do this. We yeah, well, you, yeah, you might get some of that. And plus, is it gonna be on blood red vinyl? What are you gonna do? <laughs> Splatter. Great there matter. you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the Misfits made the Bullet record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A very punk rock record, right? You know, and uh, you know, and and. Not only talked about the president getting shot, but also questioned, you know, Jackie O's sort of, uh, you know, sexual proclivity. So we're not doing that. No. no. Listen, things have become very, like, very bland, very safe, just in terms. I think what it, I think bands don't want to piss anybody off, right? Like, like there's such this, you know, I, I am, I'm not, I'm not a politically correct person at, at all, but there are things that I adhere to like socially that I just, but like, I think that people are so scared um, to like say anything or do anything that's going to piss anyone off, you know, because it gets, it'll get like misconstrued as like, you know, um, like prejudice or, or like whatever. And so anytime I see anybody pushing the envelope in, in any, any, you know, fashion, I'm a I'm a fan of. Well, there you go. Marcy's it, looking for a new record label, so there you, go. you know well, you can put out the new Marcy well, record. Rock, it's but it's true. Punk rock has become declawed. You know what I mean? It really has, and nobody wants to be the provocateur. You know, punk is supposed yeah. to be a provocative music, make you think. Whether even if they're saying something totally outrageous, it's supposed to make you think. But we're not allowed to think anymore, or something. Well, I don't know. Outrageous or like you know, with I, I always thought like sarcasm was a was a huge thing. You know, I. 
for I do see a split or a divide in the way of thinking between you know and, and not just like punks, but I think it's an age thing, right? Like I start to see the young kids that that are younger than me. I'm right in the middle, so I see like the kids that are younger than me how they feel about things um, politically and socially. And then I, 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 I've also toured with and, and hung out and, and had really good conversations with, you know, people who were around kind of like, you know, like Neil's age who were there. Right. And, and like yeah. when punk punk has evolved, it's a different thing. It's not, it's not this thing that it was in 1981. It's not the thing that it was in 1977. And it's certainly not, you know, what it was in the nineties or it, it, it keeps evolving. But I think with that, it, and the music it's been watered down a little bit i think people are less pissed off which is weird to me because it seems like they should be more pissed off um and i and i think anger has always and angst has always been something that's given way to really great music um i don't know man and 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 the people that, that do it well are smart you know like you talk to blag that guy's smart dude you yeah. know you talk these people that write provocative songs and they're provocative because they make you think, but they make you think because they're smart enough to say something that makes you think, you know? Um, and I think there's a lot less of that in, in, in punk rock right now. And it's just so, like I said before, it's like, it's all been done. And now it's like at this kind of really wimpy, wimpy, lame, fucking stage man you know and i, it's, I don't it's politics it's politics have gotten too mainstream in my estimation i think i'm gonna put a round of applause sound in for what josh just said i agree with every go. word he just said and actually there to be goes. honest i think that's actually one of the reasons why not that we're super popular but i think why a lot of people like to listen to us is because we really don't give a shit don't have time for say, the nonsense. and we say whatever's on our mind you know we just don't have time for the nonsense that's the bottom line people well, I, the politics stuff i find to be interesting the most because it's like you know i don't i don't agree with a lot of things that that people say and i don't you know and you're not supposed to because you know you're supposed to have your own your your own way like you're yep, supposed to your think own about opinions yeah but like i'll give you a perfect example like i think i find a polarizing figure to be like john joseph um because like from the chromags you know because he yep. said like follow his Just, instagram page He's like, yo, the vegan stuff, the COVID stuff, like the the politics um, and some of it I disagree with. But then I start to think about it and I'm like, look at what he's saying, though. What he's saying is 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 correct in general, maybe not specific things, but he's he always gets at this point of like, I don't give a fuck if the guy's a Republican or a Democrat they're all scumbag politicians. And yeah. so like that's where I'm starting to find myself is like, you know, for so long, I, you know, you identify either as especially with all the Trump, the Trump years. It's like you really identify because that was so polarizing. You identify as either a Democrat or a Republican or on the left or right or liberal or conservative. And 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 you find yourself, especially like the punks, like forgetting that fuck all of these guys, yeah. yep. you know. Like, like, what are we doing here? You're gonna fucking, you know. I, I think, I think out. one of Punk's big mistakes was getting too mainstream with their with their politics. I really do. Settling, in other words, settling for the lesser two evils. I, I, I just, I can't do it. I never could. 
I, I would agree with that. Now, I would say, and, and, and this is also my opinion, is, is that, like, I think punk rock has always been left-leaning, and I think that's where it belongs, but that's also not, like... Well, but the left, it, the left and right are constantly moving, too. I agree with you, in theory, for the most part, but the left now is not what the left was. And and you well, know we're you know I, I I you know I think the left sort of left me behind more than I left the left behind. You know what I mean? The the I, the popular left, I should say at least. You know what I mean? The mainstream. I, I left. understand that that completely um, because things have changed so much. Like you know when when Trump was president. Now I have a strong just distaste for him. His I, I didn't like his style. Like whatever. Sure. As you but should. I remember during the Trump years. I watched the Reagan a, a debate between Reagan and Bush, and I remember thinking like, "Fucking good God, I would take any of these guys." Oh yeah, hundred percent over Trump right now. Because listening to them, it sounded like you had the fucking you know the, the the most liberal leftist guys talking. You know, it's like compared to some of the things that were going you know going on. I was just like, "This is the politics have changed so much." You know, it's like. Well, um, it is funny because Reagan was a big one who said, if you don't like it, turn it off. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. If you don't like it, don't read it. And now I see these guys on the left trying to shut down any opposition that, to what they believe. And it's it's just – it's a crazy – not that the right isn't censors dogs because they are. But it's just it's just crazy, man. Politics have gotten well, screwed wasn't up. Wasn't Nancy Reagan the she, – she start, didn't she yeah, start Nancy the Nancy Reagan started the PMRC, yeah. No, she didn't. It was typical. Typical. I'm sorry. Typical. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. Typical. Uh, yeah, yeah. A, a, a Democrat from Tennessee. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll go as that's right. Probably, but trust me, that was bipartisan too. Nobody. It was. It that was a that was a bipartisan thing. It was. It was just about. It was just BS. Wish, Meanwhile, wish, you got a guy like Frank just Zappa. No. Was was that Nancy Reagan just say no? Was yeah, it, was that drugs. Her? Okay. Oh yeah. right. But meanwhile, you got a guy like Frank Zappa. Who goes to Congress and literally is smarter than every single elected congressman sitting there listening to him? Oh yeah, it's, I mean it's, just, it, it's crazy. And he, even even when whatever when D. Snyder went there and, and oh they, yeah, D. Too bright guy, man. He wasn't gonna, people, he wasn't going to take it. They're all fucking <laughs> very good, like that for a long. <laughs> They're all scumbags, man. Well, and that's I, that's the thing. It's not our job to support politicians. It's our job to hold them accountable. And if that means dragging them into the street and whipping them with chains annually, then that's what we should do. Back to John Hinckley again. Man, it's all coming in full circle. There you Damn. go. Well, I'll tell you what. All right, let's play another song. What, Josh, what's your political song? What's your most political song of this list? Oh, uh, no. I, keep throw, I keep throwing topics at him. He's just like, yeah, it's I, I not don't working. know, dude. I just picked a bunch of songs. <laughs> Let's 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 play a song by the Spooky Haunted Band. Um, yeah. Who's that? House Ghost. Uh, yes, House Ghost. This well, was this, uh, this was this was my number. This was yeah. This was my number eight album of last year. I haven't had much of a chance to listen to him. It's very good. So Nick from the Raging Nathans is in House Ghost with his sister, and um, Nick is uh, which guy? Nick is the other guitar player who's been in the the band the whole time. So he had long hair as well, though. No, no, no. He's the, he's the short, bald guy, but he he was not there at Reggie's. Oh, okay, that explains that. Okay. Um, jo- Josh starts selling selling marijuana products. All of a sudden, his band gets to be all long hair. <laughs> yeah. Coincidence? Probably not. <laughs> true, true. <Man. laughs> uh, so this song's called Violet. This is one of the singles off the record, but um, 
she wrote this. I think his sister wrote it. Um, she's yeah. I don't know. They just when the songs are good, they're good, and they they've got a, it's it's cool to see them. Uh, now let, let me interrupt you there a second. So you've said a couple times or a few times that oh, this is a single off the album, or we released all the singles. So when you say released a single, do you mean you actually physically released a seven inch, or you just released no. it to d- digitally or something? Just digitally. Now, I mean, I, I find that like singles refer to to digital now. I mean, seven a seven inch is almost it's almost like a, a defunct. You know, thanks. I'm defunct. Did you hear that, Tom? Neil yes. is officially defunct. Well, That's but you. Good. But so so when you talk about a single now, you're talking about maybe reaching out to like a like a new noise or a punk news or something and trying to have them like play your single right so that's how kind of the new way of releasing a single more so than even a seven inch i mean you know this neil we've had this conversation before yeah. you're just, well, just, just baiting him no i'm not, just I'm the, not it's just when people use that term a single so i assume yeah, it's yeah, a single it it's a seven it inch single doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean what it used to absolutely so it just means a single yeah, track now I, okay yeah, a single track because and and that's what the, what i was referring to earlier with the guy from spotify it's like you know he said that bands should be putting out you know more music and this is this is the way to do it now. So it's like it, you know, I think for so long, especially in in in, in punk punk world, like there was, you know, you put out a record, you you know, you tour on it, you wait a couple of years, you put out another record. There's like a format that that it followed, and now I find that the format has changed, where it's like a band puts out a digital single or two or three of them before the actual record comes out. Um, and it's all, you it's know, like it's all like they used to do back in the old days, Neil, you know, you get a song or two on the radio before the record come out. Maybe sometimes you get a seven inch, I guess. We would also get, they would always be a seven inch. That's what, the, that's what the radio would play. They play the seven inch. I guess. Yeah, they did. In the... All right. Uh, but yeah. yeah, let's let's play the song, and then I want to talk about that again in a second. So this is going to be House Ghost, three piece from uh, where, where are they from? Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. Oh, there you go. Yeah, um, House Ghost with uh, Violet off the newest record, which was called Another Realm. Another Realm. Mad from life's history, swift to death's mystery. Glad to be hurled anywhere, anywhere out of this world.
All right, that was House Ghost with Violet. Um, is are you, is that available to buy? Because when I tried to buy the vinyl of that, it was all sold out or something. So the the first pressing sold out. Um, I did put up a subsequent pressing. All of the color is gone, but there are still some black ones available, and those will be done in April. They'll be. What do you mean they'll be done? They'll come out in April. You mean? Yeah, like I'll I'll have the physical records in April. But they've all the colors all sold out already, so it was all on pre-sale or whatever. Yeah, it was all pre-order. Because, dude, like, with all this money that was tied up in all these records, like, I had to figure out a way to, like, keep, you know, I had records that, that I wanted to put out and needed to put out. So with the Nathans and the House Ghost record, I put up these pre-orders mega early, you know, with with letting people know that, you know, it was going to be a while. But this this way I was able to pay for that record. I was able to pay some bills from other records and, you know, I've only gotten minimal shitty emails, so um, it's yeah, been, I mean, it's been okay. yeah, there's there's good and bad of that because the the pressing plant thing. I mean, geez, there was albums I ordered pretty pretty much two years ago, which I just ended up getting like a couple months ago. So I it had been so long that I'd forgotten that I'd ordered them. <laughs> you know, yeah, and that that really sucks, you know. But this this was a way to keep the label running, still, oh, for sure. You know, yeah, yeah, um, while. We're waiting on their records. The, the, the wait times have gotten better, and they're going to be back to normal soon. But yeah, what a nightmare that was, man. Yeah, I mean, so why why is it getting better? Is it is it just you know just more pressing plants have opened? Have new ones opened? Or um, yeah, like one or two have opened. But I think really what it is is just you know there was such a uh, a high demand at that time that they just couldn't keep up, you know, it's, it, it, it comes in these waves almost like a fad, you know, and there was, it happened once before. Um, and it's, it's like, you can't, you, I worked with these plants, uh, some of them for years. And then along comes a major label with, you know, a rumors repress, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're going to press 10,000 copies of it or whatever. And of course, like, you know, just business, right? Like you get pushed to the side because you're only pressing, you know, 500, you know, little punk records. But um, that was that was hard to deal with. And I think now it's just getting better. You know, they're getting caught up on their work. Plus, I had this plant and I still work with them in, in Kentucky. It was like a it's like a one guy deal. You know, they have like one guy working the machine. And uh, I had it. It was like my secret little gem. I was cranking out records in three months while like, you know, labels were starting to wait like a year for their records. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I think that word just got out and he got overwhelmed with orders. And that's when, you know, some of my records started ended up taking that long. Um, there was just nothing I could do about it. So when you get records pressed, this is kind of a nerdy question, but do they give you, obviously you get choices of color and stuff like that, but do you also get choices of the quality of the vinyl or do you not get that? Um, yeah, I mean, you could say like, hey, I want 180 gram vinyl. Yeah, not even meaning that so much, but I know back in the 70s and 80s, there'd be like some albums would be pressed on virgin vinyl and some albums would be pressed on recycled vinyl, which was from records that had been turned back into the record labels and they would just melt them down and uh, and, and do huh. it over. So there was a lot of that shit went on in the when 70s people, and 80s. When people turn in those rumors albums, actually, yeah, they, exactly. they take them home and actually listen to it, like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> yeah. Take it back, take it back. 
That's really interesting. I, I actually I don't I don't know. Um, I would so you don't imagine... specifically request horror vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's keep that virgin vinyl. We want the horror vinyl. Oh. <laughs> the slut vinyl, yes. yes. And also, I mean, because a lot of the records from the 70s that I got, some of them, they're super fucking thin too. Never mind 180. These would be like 70 gram or something ridiculously <laughs> thin. Just complete crap. But um, I guess it's because they were pressing so many more albums back then. Yeah, and there was one record that um, that Rad Girlfriend didn't do. It was like, it was my old band, or maybe, yeah, it was a rad company, and like the vinyl that that the the guy pressed it on was like vinyl from the seventies, and so it has this like it was green and it has this like really unique um, bowling ball kind of swirl look to it, and hmm. it, it was cool. And I mean, I just remember him being like, "Yeah, we found you know like I found all these pellets from you know back then," but it sounded fine. Yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds cool. It sounded like rumors. It was terrible. I don't know why and that it was. It like but, a know. bowling ball, which is cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a strike. Well, so which so which of these... Okay, so you've played now. You've played, obviously, House Ghost. We played John Hinckley. We played The Slow Death. Are these all records that are coming out in 2023? Like, do a, do a little bit of pub for your label. Like, uh, yeah, the slow, death is, the slow Death's already out. The Nathan's record's already out. John Hinckley's coming out. House Ghost is still it's available online, but the vinyl is still coming out. And then the the next two songs that I have are unreleased as of today. So uh, for the House Ghost things, let's get back to that a second. So how many did you press? If you said the first pressing sold out right away, how many was that? Three hundred. Three hundred. Okay. So does that then does that go in the back of your head then that the next time we we do a House Ghost album, we're gonna press seven fifty or something like that. Oh. No, so like the first record did the same. The, the first one we did the same thing, right? Like I did 300 to be cautious and it sold out and I did another whatever. I don't remember if it was 200 or another 300, but we did a second pressing and that sold out too. Um, so I knew that, that there was demand for it, but the pressing plant, um, not only did they, not only did the wait times increase, but he told me that for the next year or whatever, I w- I could only get pressings of 300 copies. Oh, he Jesus. wasn't, he wasn't willing to, to, cause it took up too much time. Um, so all, almost, oh, I did make some exceptions with the raging Nathans and a couple other records where I said, listen, I need, you know, 500 of these. And then the rest of them, I tried to, um, work with him, you know, to make his life easier. I figured, you know, his life's easier. Mine will be easier. But, um, yeah, so I would have pressed 500 initially with House Ghost, but I wasn't able to. So that's why I had to put in a repress immediately. You know, like I made the initial order, put it up for sale. It went sold out. And then the next day I put up another, you know. Yeah, because it's, fr- in- it's frustrating because then I'll go on Discogs and look at it and something, you know, and people are flipping it for 30, 40, 50 bucks or whatever. You know what I mean? It, that's just that shit's just frustrating. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. But that's the way of the world, I guess. I mean, it's cool to look at for me, but I mean, as a guy, like if I wanted that record, I'd be irritated by it. But yep. also, you know, one thing that people don't do, which I tell them all the time, and, and, and like, I don't know why it doesn't occur to them, is like, I'm like, Google fucking Walmart or Best Buy or like Barnes and Nobles. You wouldn't believe how many of my records get go to like these stupid ass places wow. like that 
Like, like I said, no just... Amazon. Like I, you can get Rage Against the Records on Amazon. Amazon, eBay, like any online outlet where you can buy music. You know, it's like people will go to the website or Bandcamp and be like, it's sold out. And I'm like, dude, just seriously, like Google it and hit the shopping tab and, you know, <laughs> you'll find one. I haven't uh, been buying records from Walmart, but I'll tell you what, they uh, they are now getting like exclusive variants. So like if you're into some, you know, you want to get an ACDC record or a Metallica record or something, Walmart seems like they really want to be a viable option. I'm fighting the urge, fighting. Because hmm. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, mean, I just I don't remember. Want to give, I don't want to give them my money, but yeah, they actually have some kind of cool variants. Hot Topic us, used to like, do that basic for a while. White guy records. <laughs> yeah. What's that, Neil? Hot Topic used to do that for a while. There used to be some Hot yeah, Topic variants. Yeah, those are worth huge. Those those like yeah. no effects Hot Topic records are worth huge money now. And Misfits and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, dude, we're like they they were Hot Topic was like responsible for making a lot of people's money you know some it's, of those it's bank- funny because i wouldn't touch anything they sold with a 10-foot pole but now i'm like oh i guess i should have because they were expensive there they didn't have good prices but i guess i should have bought some yeah like i'm friends with the guys in in hawthorne heights and uh you know they were a huge like hot topic band i know the band yeah i know the name and they were telling me that uh like I went out to to get some coffee with the the guy. He he put on the Ohio's for Lovers Fest, um, but he told me that they had this shirt that was like you know Hot Topics like best selling shirt for a year or two years or something, <laughs> and um, you know because there was like some lawsuit with them, they didn't end up getting any money from it. But like like that's somebody did. Someone made like millions of dollars off of a t shirt. You know. You know I I went to one and I bought. I ended up buying two T-shirts at a Hot Topic like years ago because so my daughter who's 21 now went through that stage where she wore those checker pants and she loved Hot Topic. You know, it was like her favorite store. I can't remember what the second one was. Oh, I bought a Sex Pistols, never mind the Bullocks T-shirt, Neil, like the black with the album cover. Yeah, yeah. And I bought a Minor Threat Out of Step T-shirt with the sheep on it, and I paid like two or three dollars for it because the kids wouldn't buy them, so they were in like super clear. Like, <laughs> Didn't know what the Minor Threat like, was. Yeah. I mean, I was sort of embarrassed. Like, I would, like, I, this first time I've ever admitted that that's where I got those shirts, but I'm like, oh, what the heck, man? But yeah, the Hawthorne yep. Heights was throw, flying right off the shelves at 25 bucks a pop. What? Well, dude, yeah. I mean, those emo kids are like, and not, not the you emo. know, they're like 30 now, right? Most of them, but yeah, probably a little bit older even. But um, yeah, I don't know. They're going to that big festival. What's that big festival in Las Vegas? Neil, when we were young or whatever. When, the, when we were young, fest. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, it yeah. seems like a nightmare. It does. It they does. I can see that. <sighs> yeah, that was a weird store, man. Like you go in at the beginning, there'd be all like My Little Pony shit in the window and that kind of thing, and then there'd be like some punk and metal stuff in the back. It was. Uh, man, well, it, it still exists. It, it still exists. My daughter now. My fifteen-year-old daughter. She still uh, wants to go in that place when we're at the mall, which I. Maybe go to the mall once a year. So well, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure they don't sell minor threat T-shirts, though, do they? <laughs> if they do, they're in clearance because the kids don't want them. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely have like Misfits records, shirts, but you know, they they don't sell records anymore. But I remember, no. like, dude, I picked up, I picked up like that Slayer TSOL record at a Hot Topic when I was a kid. Oh yep, yep. And I picked up. I remember that like we found. I think one of the last things that they did was like an off with their heads record or I, I, they didn't do it, but I, I think they got some, some type of deal, an exclusive. Deal with no idea. And it was like, you know, from the bottom, I think. 
and you know you were able to find cool records in there when they had records but you know not now it's just another spencer's or whatever yes does so Spen- now, is spencer's gift still going i was gonna say that yeah, sounds like your head around. shop there you go spencer's it, gift perfect it, it is like, but it's more, it's more like hot topic <laughs> where else are you gonna get a coffee cup neil where you put hot coffee and the bikini disappears on the bikini chick on it where yeah. else are you gonna get that other than spencer's See, no, that's what it used to be, man. It used to be like you know, like the the, the birthday cards with like the guys in the fucking banana hammocks and shit. Exactly, like that. bachelorette bachelorette party supplies. Yeah, you, you get a vibrators in there for God's sakes. Yeah, it's it's definitely turned more into a hot topic, and hot topic has turned more into a Spencer's. It's it's kind of fucking weird. Well, it's it's funny because I you know I, I obviously I follow all these music sites on Facebook or whatever. And so now the, the equivalent of that is so like Revolver or Brooklyn Vegan or whatever they'll all Fuck have an Brooklyn exclusive. Vegan. Fuck well, the, but they'll all have an exclusive variant of all these stupid records. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they're really cool, some of them, but they're we, usually a little, little, we, little pricey. There was a record store in Boston that I used to get uh, weird ass color variants from. Oh yeah, yeah the, the, the comics, the comic book Spen- store. Not Spencer's. I can't remember what it was it's called. The comic book store. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, I got a cool X-ray specs uh, variant on the in there. Yeah. You ever get people hitting you up, Josh? Like, hey, we want to do a marble green variant of a hundred only for you know Revolver magazine or something like that? Or are you you not you not to that quite to that point yet? So, not not exactly like that. But how it works with with our company is like if I want to te- like so if, if the dwarves split that we did for example. I did. Yep. All I several, could get was black with that. The color must have went really fast. Right. Well, one of one of the color the color ones, the red ones, were an an indie store indie record store exclusive. So okay. that meant that I gave whatever five hundred of them to uh, MVD, and they distributed them only to record stores. So you were it was only available, you know, in shopping. I was not able to do like i haven't gotten a hold of brooklyn vegan like hey do you guys want an exclusive variant but it's normally done through the distribution company like record store day is another one um you know it's like you have to deal with your distributor exclusively um to get those copies there are you uh that's a good that's a good segue actually you you guys doing anything for uh, record store this year no man not this year everything you know First of all, I've submitted so many cool records to, oh, yeah, this would be a great segue. I have a story that leads into the next song. So I I, I tried to, I, I've submitted records every year for Record Store Day, sometimes twice a year because now they're doing them fucking like six times yeah, a year. Three t- yeah, three times a year, right? Or something, uh, yeah, yeah. So the only ones that we've ever gotten through was the, the Queers uh, split with the Chris Barrow's band. Oh yeah, I got that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that what that I one. Wonder was why a, that was so expensive. It's because it was like exclusive. Like I don't even think that I sold any like yeah, on our I, web. I think I have it green, but it was like thirteen dollars on. It was stupid money for a seven inch, but that's all right. I forget. Um, and the other one was the last Pink Lincoln's recordings. Um, oh yeah, yep, yep. That I am a genius. Yep, that was good. And so that was accepted by Record Store Day, but. Um, I things were so kind of wonky with the records and shit this year. It's like, you know, they want to know pretty specific. If your record gets accepted, it's like, you know, they want you to have the records in hand by this date. And there's just no way possible for me. Like 
if I wanted to do record store day, like, like just for example, if they were, if they would accept the John Hinckley record, I would have to have that record in hand and not, and just be like ready to go. Just basically sitting on it, waiting to hear from record store day, whether or not it would get accepted because where I used to be able to get records in a pinch. Now there's no way of doing that. You know, So you don't want them to say, yeah, sure. We'll take on your title and then not be able to produce it. That'd be um, great. The John Hinckley exclusive record store day, seven inch. It would not be great. And it's then I would shaped, have- shaped like a 38 special deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. So like what I wanted to say about that was like one of the records that I had submitted for record store day this year was um blag and mickey avalon did a record together called big dick hustlers uh <laughs> and do, like do you guys you guys remember mickey avalon no he did the he he was like is he like a like, 60s guy no no he was like a he's like a, a like this white rapper guy oh, who did oh, that no my dick you know it, 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 <laughs> it like, my dick he's like your dick looks like macaulay culkin Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, damn, so damn kids. Him, it's him, it's a funny song. It's like a rap, you know, like a put down song, you know. Yeah, and and that's like a, you know my, my dick Ferrari, your dick Volkswagen Beetle, you know that kind of thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's kind of pretty funny. My dad <laughs> thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> there you go. But like, so he teamed up with him, and they do. Uh, there's that song, uh, X's and O's. It's like a pop song by. Uh, fucking i don't know I forget. well you're out of our depth dude you're yeah, way out of anyway, our depth but it's, it's a pop song and and they they took the karaoke versions of them and so it, it the song is called x's and o's but his version is their version is called bitches and hoes of course and then the the b side is biz Marquis just a friend oh yeah um you know that one right you? yep but they but, you know they make their own uh they do their own verses and uh <laughs> Yeah, it's like wildly, was legal. Was wildly legal. offensive. Um, <laughs> but record store day didn't want it. Yeah, so I, well, which is funny because M- MVD is like one of fucking you know Blag's people, right? So like, yeah. I, it was funny that I like I submitted it for record store day, and Mickey Avalon has a. I mean, he has a history of being a celebrity and selling you know obviously some records. So I was really surprised that. They were like, no, um, we don't want this. They passed on it. Um, and I told Blag that, and he said that, that it was weird because Record Store Day had passed on some other shit that he had submitted to them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's like it's just a crapshoot, man, because I, I, I for sure, I thought that was a shoe-in, you know? Record Store Day sucks, man. I mean, it's just more Bob Dylan live albums and other garbage. It's I mean, co- it's, it's more copies of Rumors. Yeah, exactly, with the B-sides, double LP. Bullshit. So you it said is, this. Man. You said this was going to lead into your next song somehow. Oh yeah, sorry. So like, uh, I did three. <laughs> I did uh, after the after the dwarves seven inch went well. Um, we did. He gave me three other records that I could do if I wanted. Um, one of them is this Big Dick Hustlers record, and then there's this these other two records um, called like he basically produces these songs and then has other people like has like women sing them called candy now um oh and, yeah, yeah i remember that yep and yep. like the one lp is has been out for quite some time and then the second lp is the one that we're doing 
and there's a seven inch. So the LP is like, it's crazy, man. It's like this really, really impressive, like soul funk rock and roll records. Kind of 60 style, right? Well, not this one. That, that, that You're thinking of the first one. Like, that's kind of okay. like garage 60s-ish. This one is like, like, um, all about like, like woke female empowerment and shit like that. I mean, it's just like, it's not something that you would expect out of him, which is what makes it so fucking interesting to me. It's sung by the, um, Lisa from the bell rays. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's just really fucking good, man. Like, you know, it's not a punk rock record, but, and it, it's, it's, it's six songs. It's like, so it's like an EP, but it's on an LP, you know, it's on a 12 inch. Um, and it's just like the production, Josh freeze plays on it. You know, it's like, it's, it's got this like who's who of like excellent musicians playing this, you know, um, really soulful rock and roll with kind of woke lyrics. And it's, uh, it's just really interesting. So there's that one. And then the seven inch is called ladies night. And it's got like, it's got two songs on it sung by, you know, I, I think one of them sung by like Stacy from bad cop, bad cop. And one sung by Jen from the bomb pops. But, they, and, and those are like these are like classic pop punk you know songs um but you know they didn't want i guess they didn't want anything to do with like or not anything to do with it but they didn't want their they wanted to be uncredited on it so you know it's like you're, we're kind of promoting it as it's like as your you know unnamed you know your favorite unnamed pop punk female vocalist you know guess who it is type shit um thought it was that Halley from paramore that's our favorite right now <laughs> paramore on <Ancia. laughs> oh loves paramore. yeah no we were talking we just we, we were talking about her recently because she was like lecturing fat mike it's like shut up what are you 12 but anyway so so i'm sorry we're still you're still leading to your song you're still leading us to a song josh i know you are so, so anyway this is the this is the song that i chose is called not falling in love it's the b-side to the candy now seven inch Okay, so this is Candy Now, Not Falling in Love. Okay, I think we got it. Now I'm not gonna mention or throw any wrench in my crime as a victimless kind. And I feel like I'm falling, the sirens are calling me back from the edge of my life. I'm fooling you. 
All right, Candy now with Not Falling in Love. And who was the vocalist on that one? Secret I deal. think I think that yeah. Wow. Okay. Josh, do you have a <laughs> do you have a publicist you use or do you just do everything yourself in house? Uh, I do. I do everything. Well, I, that's not 100% true. There's a guy who I'm who I'm friends with from Dayton called his name's Tim Andrell and he does Sweet Cheetah publicity. Um, it's a very boutique, small, you know, he he works for free. Um, but he's a friend of mine. And so sometimes it's just like, you know, I, I get so overwhelmed or with something or whatever. And he's very helpful. I'll, I'll say, Tim, can you help me find an outlet for this? Or if, you know, whatever, I mean, him and I know most of the same people, um, sure. it just running the label by, you know, becomes, you know, very, well, yeah. Cause all you do is email all day. You're emailing, like I said, you're emailing new noise, you're emailing, you know, punk news or whatever. Hey, you know, can you run this? Right info for us can you premiere the song or whatever yeah it's tired it's tedious man it's a being a publicist or whatever you want to call it that's a tireless thankless job i I don't know how anybody does it dude you know what the pub the pr the game is such a fucking scam you know nowadays it's like tim is great because you know he he does it for a real love of doing it you know what i mean like he does it because he likes to do it and he likes to help his friends and he enjoys the people that he gets to meet through doing it um you know i've worked with guys like in pr firms that want a mortgage payment you know for for yeah monthly yeah and so i'm like okay well so i worked with this one guy and you know he wanted an, an, an exorbitant amount of money and i paid him for a month and i'm like all right well what did you do right and he was like Oh, well, you know, I emailed New Noise Magazine. I'm like, dude, you know. I can like, do that myself. That's, and I, as I've been doing this for years. Like, I, I, I was like, well, how about, you know, why not, like, Noisy or Brooklyn Vegan? And he was just like, well, you know, you can you can pitch it to these outlets. And, and that's when, like, th- this is probably when those outlets were, like, in, pretty important. You know, Noisy was, like, a big one. Um, but it's like, he's like, well, if they don't want to touch it, they don't, you know, they don't want to touch it. So there's, so I'm like, so you can't give me any assurance. I'm giving you fucking $800 a month or whatever it is. And you can't yeah. even tell me that like, oh, you're going to get me premiered on new noise magazine, which is a great, a great place to premiere something, but I don't need to pay you to do that. You know? Yeah. Um, and so it's that's all about relationships at the end of the day. Right. And you have a lot of them cause you've been doing it. You know, it's just, it's just like touring for a long time. It's like, I could probably call up anywhere, you know, in the country and get a show because I'm, you know, I've worked with these people in the past and I, and and I, I'm at least agreeable enough to like, you know, ask for a favor somewhere down the line. Um, so yeah, I just, I think that like the, the publicity thing is people get really caught up in it and not to mention, like, honestly, I don't think it really does shit. It's like, you could, if you get something premiered by Brooklyn vegan or like, or spin or whatever, like, yeah, it looks good, but you're relying on, you're, you're relying on the people who visit their website for traffic, right? So what, what it's good for really is for you to use on your own social media to say that we were on spin or whatever. No, yeah. It, it, no, you know, like I said, I've been on both sides of this thing and I know that, you know, no, it, it just, it makes bands feel good, but it doesn't do anything for them. Generally. No, it makes, it, it makes a band feel like you're doing something for them. But in reality, it's not doing shit because like back when you should, when, when, when you would sponsor a post, right. To get more views, like there was a time where throwing 10 bucks at it was like a, a good, 
good thing for your thing. Now it's like even sponsored posts are worthless, but like you're, you're not, you're not seeing the outlet sponsor a post to drive more people to their, no. to their, their website. They're relying on you. So you'd say, Oh, we got our shit premiered on, on Brooklyn vegan today. And then you would promote, then you would, you know, sponsor your post directing them to another website. And to me, that was just like mind blowing. Cause I'm like, well, fuck this. Why, why am I paying? I could, I could be paying them and premiere it on my band camp, you know? And then at least like, it's all going to rad girlfriend instead of, you know, another website. Well, and you see these premieres and, you know, you'll do it on one of these, you know, legitimate punk sites. And yeah, they'll, they'll get two, two likes or something on Facebook. Cause they're not, yeah, exactly. It's not getting any, cause they're not really reaching anybody. And well, so, I, like I said, dude, I've been on both sides of this thing, and I've I've done a little PR work for friends because I I'm like, oh, I know how to do this because I've been on both sides. But and really, the only thing I could get going was because I was in a position where I could help people. I ex- essentially was just exchanging favors. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah, I'll do this for your band when you're, and then when my, then my. But it's it's yeah, it's it's thankless work. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what the future holds. Everything changes so fast with the way that stuff works. So. I mean, I start telling bands all the time now. It's like, dude, if you can, if you can put out a record yourself, and you have the like, people will be like, "Can I put out a record on Rad Girlfriend?" And I, and I will say to them like, if you have the fortitude and the means to do it yourself, do it yourself. You know, you control the digital copy of it. You, you know, if you fail, it's you only have yourself to blame. Like, if you succeed, it's because of how hard you worked at at getting you know, that record out to people. Um, and, but there's something to be, there's still something to being on even like, I'm going to call you guys like a mid-sized punk label where there's certain amount of swagger that comes with being on the label still, I think. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, yes. It, it, I mean, it's not fat wreck, but you know what I mean? There's different levels, obviously. Cause well, you, you get to be played on the punk till I die podcast. Exactly. Because <laughs> Josh can call us up anytime he wants to and say, Hey man, can you help me uh, push this artist? Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah, Actually, as, long as, as long as they're fun, as long as they can Not everybody this. has the means to put to to pack up, you know, five hundred records and sure them out. And you know what I mean? It's it's a yeah. process and it's time consuming. So I get why like it's nice to have it done for you, but um, well, well, just, and like I said, it's just there is a certain like like until at least till this week when you start playing all this weird old people folk music and uh, weird <laughs> John, pop music. John but there was Hinkley. a certain you know your label has a certain credibility that. If you see something in the wild, you're like, "Oh, it's on Red Girlfriend." And you kind of know you're going to get a certain, yeah, you know, yeah, you, you trusted enough to, yeah, to, like the yeah. way Epitaph used to be before they went screamo, you know, for sure. And and you know, you look at Epitaph, and it's like they did what they had to do to still be a record label because, yeah, that's tell you the, the unfortunate state of, yeah, you yeah, know. no question. I mean, I sort of resent them for it, but I understand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it sucks. Well, actually, I just I just read this this great Comet Bus called uh i think it's called the the issue is called moratorium and he you know he's kind of exploring why why things are the way that they are right now and it starts off with an interview with brett gurowitz that you know he goes to the epitaph office and has this kind of awkward you know interview with with brett and um it's really interesting Hmm. Hmm. so that's what you're that's what that's what Josh is doing, Neil. He's doing what he's got to do to survive. He's putting out John Hinckley records. Yes, to those masses of John no, Hinckley no, fans. I could be because I wanted. Could be his biggest seller to date. Yes. 
it's, right. a, it's a split with Charles Manson on the other side. It's great. It's funny, you know. I, I feel like J- Josh is Josh is like us. He's a, he's a real talker. I feel like we we really need to have him on like once a year. I think like like two years is too far to go because I don't. Think yeah, it's almost two and a half years. I was looking at. I was actually. gonna say I don't think yeah. we can get in everything he has to say today before yeah. we take a little break and do record our next episode. What uh, what what do we got left for music? Where just one song. One last song. One last song. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I don't want to just. Uh, I don't. I want to. Uh, what else you got on your mind, Josh? Is there anything else? Tell people where they can get a hold of you, where they can get your records. Let's do all that stuff because we kind of suck at helping people promote, but we'll uh, we'll do our best. Sure. I mean, you know, if, if we have a website. It's just www.radgirlfriendrecords.com. You can email me at radgirlfriendrecords at gmail.com. Um, I mean, I'm pretty – I'm I'm pretty accessible. I I'm, I also you know answer almost everything. I'm you know I, you can if you want something even like I don't know if you just email me and ask me for something like I'll I'll probably if I can help you out I will like a record. You might be of, opening up a can of worms. You might yeah. be opening a can of worms here. Well, whatever. I used to get I, we used to get like you know all sorts of like letters from prisoners and shit. So I, I like stopped putting our address on things. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Because I assume is your address your home or do you have like a PO box? Yeah, it's our it was our home. Yeah, that could uh, be a problem. Yeah, dude, I don't know, man. I just want to talk about like like when I saw Neil at the at, at Reggie's, like you know, we were talking about um, Black Flag and like you know the last sure. like last time I saw Black Flag and then Neil was telling me that you know when he saw him in in the eighties and and and. And then he said, I'm sorry that, that, that we, I was boring you so much with the old punk stuff. And it's like, no, man, all I want to do is talk about, like, that's, punk that's rock us and, too. and punk that's rock us, people that were there, you know? Like, this, is the, this, is the right, this is the right place. To, hey, you know what? Before, before I let you go, so you've done some, like, legacy acts too. I mean, you put out, like, you, you, I, I, I think last time you were on, we t- I talked about my love of the Pink Lincolns. Like, I absolutely love the Pink Lincolns. One of my very favorite bands of all time. And along with that, the Nobodies. You put out a new album by the Nobodies. Yeah. I mean, is uh, it, it, are you working with any bands like that at the moment? Or is it too, too top secret? Or, I mean, is there any chance maybe some of that hard-to-find stuff you could get back in print? Or where, where are we... Where are we at with that? Why why aren't you putting out all my favorite records? Is what I'm asking you. <laughs> well, I, you know, we had so much stuff going on, and we just kept doing more and more of it. You know, it's like so now all those, like I said, all those records are coming back. Um, as for yeah, there's like, so there is a record that we're doing that I that I'm not allowed to. Actually, I don't know. You can yeah, tell me not, later. You can tell me later. Yeah, right. later. Like that, we're not really until it is announced. Like, um, sure. I'm I'm just looking through some of these some of these records that we're doing. Um, but no, nothing, nothing like that. Nothing like you know, old, you know, legacy or or well known stuff. Um, I did do so. Like, I put out there's a lot of kind of like hardcore stuff um at the plant right now we really? used to do like one like grind or, or like heavy record a year um just because like i wanted to make sure that all of my interests and all of my you know friends are getting a chance to put out a record and, and um we had stopped doing that for a while so you know now we have some some really great bands coming up like uh this band viral sun and uh coronary and these are like some heavier bands and, 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 um, 
you know, but who knows what the next couple of years or, you know, the next year is going to do. Cause I, I, I'm so focused on just getting these records out and, and being done with them and moving on to the next thing that I haven't even really decided like what to do next, you know, or who to ask to do a record. Cause I, I think I want to, I want to stop doing 20 records a year. Mm-hmm. I just want to focus on doing like a few that are killer, you know, like that, I feel like I've earned that for, for myself. Take a little break. Huh? Take a little slowdown. Yeah. Well, that being said, tell us a bit about this last band. It's called Get Some, I believe, right? Tell us a bit about yeah, them. So, so this is um, this is uh, Chuck and Neil, uh, their other band that, from Planes Mistaken for Stars. Um, and this is another one of those heavier records that we're doing. Um, and, you know, I, I just had become acquainted with them personally um, a few years ago uh, briefly. And then, and then uh, Garrett passed away from planes taken for stars and this, uh, and then Chuck, you know, had asked me about the get some record and it just seemed like a really nice, you know, thing to do. Um, I like the band is great and I was familiar with them beforehand, but you know, planes mistaken for stars has always been a, a, a band that I really loved. Um, and so getting a chance to work with them. So, you know, so shortly after, you know, this kind of major figure passed away. Um, it was just a really pleasant thing that I got to, to, that I get to be a part of. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's heavier music and, and I I'm stoked on it. All right. Let's give this a listen and then we'll come back and say our goodbyes. So this is get some with the test.
All right, that was Get Some, G-I-T, uh, with the song was called The Test. So, uh, Josh, thanks for coming back on, man. We had a really, really good time. You're always I feel a, like we covered a lot of musical ground. We covered a lot of musical ground, too, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We were all over the place, but it was awesome. But no, it's, love- it's, a pleasure, it's a pleasure to have you, man. Well, uh, like I said, we should probably do it every year. You seem like you get a lot of... Uh, pent-up energy like two years is too far <laughs> two years is too much yeah, just, I, we could do this for another two hours without without stopping man like there's just a lot that i like to talk about and we it's funny because we only really scratched the surface on on any of the topics that we touched on so it's like you know hey anytime you, you two guys want to want to go to the bar get together and, and sit down and shoot the shit about this stuff you know in person for a while you know, I'm down. Just let me I know. hope we can. I hope I can catch you guys one of these one of these trips through. I see. I, I don't know what your. I know you got your spring tour kind of lined up. I don't know what the rest of the year looks like for you, but uh, we're doing we're doing Europe in uh, July and August, and then are you doing a rebellion again this year? No, rebellion was like we just the band that we're touring with, which it hasn't been announced yet. Like they're doing rebellion, oh. and. We just couldn't. I don't know, man. I, I I tried every avenue that I possibly could have, including like, I mean, you name it. I tried and finally got a response, you know, and they were like, yeah, we can't. We're not putting anybody else on this year. So it was kind of weird because we've done it twice. I'm not really sure what the <laughs> deal is there, but um, we're doing like punk rock holiday and um, Brack Rock, you know, like some of these big like Pennywise and me first some of, the more, some of the bigger, but more manageable festivals. Yeah. Yeah. And it's super cool. We've done them before. And, and, uh, but this time we're doing a little more mainland, like we're playing Serbia, you know, oh, like, wow. Just like cool, weird fucking places. Huh. Well, that's cool, man. But wait, Tom, where, where are you located again? I'm in Grand Rapids area, Michigan. Oh, you're not, you're not far at all. No, I, 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 Dayton's about five hours away from me. Um, Neil's a, well, he's a little further away now, maybe three and a half hours in Chicago. So I go to Chicago for shows fairly regularly, but I couldn't make that Monday night, uh, burner that yeah, you went to. I remember I, I met you at the, at the, at the circle jerk show. That's right. That's right. That's right. We met real briefly at that. Yep. That was at the Vic. Yep. Wait, what were you doing? You, you had a night off on tour or what was that? Or did you come into town for that? No, I just I I just wanted to go go to the fucking show, man. Cool show. Or wait, no, no, I think that we had a we had a show the next night, or I, I was in town for some reason, but I, I I went a day early so I could go to that show. Hmm. Yeah, it's a shame we weren't in touch beforehand because we could have because we met up with a bunch of people at one of my favorite little bars in the city. So it's a shame we couldn't have met you there too before the show. That would have been good. Yeah, we we do enjoy a drink before the show. We do. And during. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, next time, man, for sure. Yeah. Um, but next time I'm a date, and I'm just gonna swing in and just grab a six pack to go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and some. Yeah. I didn't even get to. T- I didn't even get to talk to you guys about the, you know, the the bureaucracy of the fucking liquor board. You know. <laughs> yeah, that might be for another time. Maybe we'll have you back on next week. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> that might be for a different show. Well, that's one thing we've gotten to. We've been getting opportunity to have really some really great like old school punk guests lately so we've been really really busy with with guests so it's been it's been really uh it's been really good so it's a good nice variety too because i want to do some more like you know we like to do current artists but we also like to you know dip back into the old school a little bit so it's all good if you ever uh 
if, if there's ever anything I can do to help, man, just let me know. Appreciate we it. Will. We will. We appreciate it. And yeah, you, listen, dude, you keep up the good work. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, 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 you know, we notice the hard work you're putting in running your label, doing your band and all that stuff. So, and we appreciate what you're doing over there. I mean, I haven't heard the John Hinckley record yet, so I'm a little, a little bit holding back judgment <laughs> on that, but we, we appreciate the work you're putting in over there. Sure. The Making us all look good. Why I'm doing Yes. Yeah, no, I, I think it's fun. I mean, I'm not against it. Yeah, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you guys, too, and thank you for saying so. And, um, yeah, any, anytime you guys want to talk, just just let me know. And, and, and Tom, we'll be through sometime. We're, we're, we've got a lot going on, so we plan on – we'll be all over the place. Excellent, man. Well, right. we'll catch up. We'll have that yep. PBR yet. Cheers, anyway, Cheers. All right, man. Listen, take care of yourself and over there in Dayton, and, uh, yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. And uh, – what do you say, Neil? Keep a little marking out, right. everybody. Yeah. Tell he who I said, tell him I said hello. Yeah, we'll do that. All right. <laughs> Cheers, Josh. All right. We'll Bye, everybody. Later. See ya. Bye, bye. Okay, that brings us to the end of another show. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, keep a little mark in your heart, and we'll be back the same mark time, same mark channel. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Ah, <laughs> ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a fucking rotter. What a load of old shit. Thank you, fuck you, bye, boom.